Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, and thank you guys very much for being with us here for episode number 176. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling, as always, here on Monday, May the 11th, 2020. As always, I'm Joe Murata, alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, diddy. So how you feeling? Your birthday's coming up in like four days. Wow, four days. This Friday. You what are, are we going to do? They're, they're, I don't know. Yeah, what so. are you going to do? I think we'll be doing the Halloween Havoc sometime around that time, so wow. that'll be fun. There you go. Yeah. What a birthday gift. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, here's a Chamber of Horrors. Yeah. But uh, folks, thank you so much for being with us here as we're ready to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. We thank you for being back with us. Hope everyone's doing okay out there. It is springtime. That's been nice, at least. It's been warm. Spring into action. We're springing into action today, yes. Uh, we have some incredibly retro topics for you, and before we get to any of those, you can spring on over to Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can follow us there, uh, because what we do over there is we post kind of like daily clips of on-this-day type of stuff, sometimes really obscure things, sometimes very common stuff. Yeah. During the pay-per-views, we kind of do highlights from all of the past pay-per-views. We did it for WrestleMania season. Maybe we'll do it for King of the Ring. That'd be funny. Yeah, there you go. That, <laughs> right? that hot event that's still going on. There you go. Yeah. That, that's what you should do. Just only King of the Ring. Look the forward in of June. King of the Ring. There you go. Uh, and you can also email us if you want to, if you use email. We get them sometimes. It's ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, another fantastic site or app to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is over on MySpace. Is that right? Yeah, MySpace <laughs> slash Facebook. Yes. Feet. Yes. It's a good site. It's, um, it's actually Facebook. Sorry. Yeah, we but never I, got a MySpace, by the way. We keep saying we're going to do that. <laughs> like years. years ago we did. I guess we just gave up on we it. Gave but up. anyway, you know, this Facebook site, it's way better than MySpace. It is. Because you know what it has? It has what? a search bar. Oh, that's <laughs> as a search bar, and in that. that search bar, you can type in our vantage point dash Russell Wrestling Podcast, Bing Bang Boom, Tubes Gore, Kaflui, and there a group button will show up. You hit the click that, and you you're punch in. it. Yeah, and the just... operators they're like, "Hey, he's coming. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming. He's knocking I'm on the door. Coming. <laughs> Remember that guy, MVP? I do actually. Uh, and if you want to be the MVP over there on the group, all you have to do is join it. It's free. And what you can do once you're in that group is talk to me and Quinn and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Post questions, maybe comments, observations, things like that. You can do a little current discussion, too, if you want. But the main thrust, the main thing that we try to accomplish there, the one rule that we have... The thing that you don't want to do... Is be what, Quinn? A dingus. Don't be a dingus. Or dingai if you're doing it with somebody else. Multiple dingus, yeah. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't be dingai. Don't be dingus either. Just don't. Just don't be either of those. Just don't mess around with that, okay? Yeah. And if you don't know what that means, you can ask someone. But basically it means don't be a jerk. Right. I, it's hard to fathom, I know. I but there dingus are dingus and jerk are... You know, synonyms. People understand. I like synonym roles. Yeah. But no, really, if you if you go to the group, just be respectful of another. It doesn't mean don't disagree. Disagree about opinions and things from the past and all that crap. Hacksaw, Duggan, whatever you want to talk about. Respectfully disagree. Respectfully. 
And say hi to Chuck Mess when you get there. Yeah, of course. So, so that's <laughs> over on Facebook. And we do have a Patreon, by the way. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the details now. I'll bore you with them later. Mm-hmm. But the point of the Patreon is not for us to do this get-rich-quick shit and do $39 tier or anything. Steptoe and Son. It's just the highest we go is $5. It's for people that like OVP. Maybe you've been listening for a few months, a few years, whatever the case may be. And you want more content, you want to support me and Quinn, all you do is go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. The highest tier is $5. Mm-hmm. And on that tier, you get the pay-per-view reviews, which honestly, I'm not just selling here. People really seem to like them. That's the absolute truth. I mean, they do. They I, do. Hope, I hope you're not boring people with the details after <laughs> you said you would not bore them with I'll, the I'll details. I'll bore you more later. Yeah. Don't worry. But before we bore any further here, this season, Quinn, we've been doing a segment called Fresh Perspective. Because you know what happens when you've been watching retro wrestling for all these years? I've been watching it. I've been watching it, too. Yeah. Uh, 25 years each, you and I. It's, it's over a, 50. It's incredible. <laughs> Right, we're really older is. than the Federation. Yeah, we're we're so old. And <laughs> when you get so old, like me and Quinn, what happens is sometimes things from the past, your opinions change. Mm-hmm. You know, your taste might change. Your perspective might change. And this is a little segment called Fresh Perspective. Remember King? The sound of freshness. Yeah, remember <laughs> King. So, Quinn, it's your pick this week. Last week, we talked about Howard Finkel. We gave him a nice little shout out. Oh, yeah. That was very nice of us. We've talked about very nice of us. Yeah. We've talked about the uh, Attitude Era, specifically 1997, mm-hmm. things like that. What do you got, Quinn? What's your fresh perspective for today? Well, my fresh perspective for today is um, house shows. And you might say, Quinn, what are you talking about? House shows? Like, <laughs> Quinn, what are you talking about? House shows? Yeah, exactly. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Madison Square Garden. Gorilla Monsoon, along with his lordship, Alfred Hayes. When I was a kid, I would think of this idea of like watching a house show like on videotape. I'm like, what is the like? Who cares? Like, no, like nothing's gonna happen. No titles are gonna like. What is the point? Is other than like the five house shows in the history of mankind that something happened on? Like, there's like seven thousand of them a week. Right, it's right. Like, who gives a shit? It's like right. Mabel versus some guy in a nothing, Probably. nothing matters match. Okay. Um, but what's really changed in my perspective with all this is that looking back. These are like fun anomalies and there's like weird matchups and like sometimes like people win that don't ever win. Whoa, what a big victory, an upset victory for Barry Horowitz. Or you'll get a clean win in the hot feud that you wouldn't see on pay-per-view. Right, and you're just like, this is so weird. Or you'll see a matchup that seems like, whoa, this should only be on pay-per-view. Yeah, correct. You know what I mean? Like why? title matches. Yeah, title <laughs> match. Yeah, and you're just like, why in this like Houston something? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, with Bruce like, Pritchard and yeah, Mike McGurk. Like, why are they doing this <laughs> right. right now? You know, joining me at ringside, of course, the always lovely Mike McGurk and the Duke himself, Duke Doherty. I totally agree with you, Quinn. You know, that's my bread and butter right there. I love the '80s and early '90s house shows. And just to run down a little bit on those for you, folks, I believe Quinn's mainly talking about the big three, which would be the MSG. Right. That was their main town, obviously. Boston Garden was the other one. And, of course, the Philadelphia Spectrum. Don't you just love we, it? We just love it. We <laughs> love it so much. Don't you really love it? Phil Zackles outdone himself again. Of course, we're talking about the biggie. It'll be Blackjack Mulligan going after the, the belt tonight and the championship, the name. The great thing about these, like Quinn said, is that you would get marquee matchups because all these were. It was the house show loop that they were doing. It was that card, but they would film it for reasons. Just because they could. Yeah, and it seems to coincide with, like, from what I can tell, 
like at least from what I can tell by the presentation on these, that the ones that are available on the network. Yeah, which is a lot. Um, a lot of these were for the specific networks associated with the arena. So That's like correct. the MSG network or the Spectrum even is like its Prism. own, the Prism network and, or something. Uh, Boston was Nesson, Nesson, the New England Sports so, Network. So what's another interesting aspect of these is they usually have a weird commentator. Like in the oh, earlier yeah. ones, well, like Dick Graham, of course. Dick Graham is on every single Spectrum show, right. literally all of them, until the very end. Right, because he, I don't know if he, he has like, works be. for them yeah, or something. Like, I think what Does it he was, work for Prism? I think he works for Prism, and I think Spectrum Wrestling was the name of the program and somewhere along the line wwf got that you know right. maybe they tell maybe they used well, to televise if, other wrestling if you're prism network do you not want wf like what do you want to put on wcw no, shows I mean, like in the mid 80s yeah it makes more sense to when put they're on. never there yeah, anyway exactly yeah you get weird commentary teams gorilla usually with dick graham and philly like i don't want to do this dick mm-hmm. george the animal steel andre's here tony is here who else? Oh, it's uh, unbelievable. There's pandemonium already here in the spectrum. Yeah, it seems like it's always like a combo pack <laughs> yeah. with like Gorilla just shows up, but he's not really the announcer. He's just kind of there for fun. He's like the representative of the WWF, yeah. right? It's like, by the way, I work. I actually work for the company that's doing the wrestling. Yeah. And in later years, Bobby joined Dick Graham for one. Craig DeGeorge yeah. was on him. But as far as MSG is concerned, you know, the main one, the biggie, right? Yeah. MSG. You had matches like Hogan Flair. Yeah, on MSG the house shows, man would just fight Hulk Hogan. Like before, oh, that tons was of like times. a big marquee thing. They had like a trilogy of matches in '85 and '86, right, yeah. and they're all good. That's what it, one of the great things is aesthetically about these is they don't look like pay per views. They look like dirty MSG house shows or yeah, whatever. I mean, it's literally the smoky armories that Gene <laughs> talks about. Like that's what it looks like. But it's funny because Gene's there. Yeah, Gene's so it's there. like it's like he acted like when he came as high tech. Yeah, high tech. Oh, the tech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like it was like that when he got there. We have got a barn burner coming up this week, the World Wrestling Federation. And I'll tell you, it turns me on. One of the great things, too, about these is the odd matchups, you would see. You know, if you look at one from, let's say, 1985, around the time of WrestleMania, like mm-hmm. the year of 85. And we, most of us by now, we know the WrestleMania 1 card. Right, right? which like, is also just looks like a house show, by the way. Right. I just want to point <laughs> yeah, that out. Does. But if you go into some of the house shows around the time, you're going to see guys that aren't even approaching the WrestleMania card. I'm right. talking like, you'll see Charlie Fulton, Lanny <laughs> Poffo, Johnny Rod, Swede, Hanson. Yeah, like, and the best part about some of this stuff is like, uh, again, I always point to like, why is Johnny Rod's winning? Yeah, like, it's, it's just really weird. Right. Like, that that's the shit I love on these. And sometimes right. Richard pulls them up for us yes he does or it's like especially if some weird shit happens like didn't like um eddie gilbert he like won a match yeah eddie gilbert right there at one. that time bo bradley won a match in that weird in cap, center. cap center yep. yeah that's and, not a cap center yeah, nobody the, even talks about that yeah that's that was like their fourth market yeah. you know you know, yeah, the big three and then that was like kind of like sometimes we come here once in a while <laughs> like three times a year wasn't as hot one of the other great angles was uh the heart foundation reuniting like the summer of 91 to take on the nasties like you'd get things like that you know mm-hmm. what i mean just like random stuff that doesn't even hit tv really yeah and it's cool too because it really connects the dots also if you notice on certain superstars feeds um they'll talk about this shit right and you'll be like you'll think to yourself like watching some of those old feeds especially when they say like oh yeah the macho man's gonna face hulk it's like 1990 and (laughs) you're just like what like they're not even like didn't they do this already like and you're and they're cutting promos yep 
And yeah, that, for the local house show. But th- that means nothing to you outside the area. If you just watch the big four and the weekly, you, you never see that. Yeah, right? and exactly. And you know what? They they repurposed a lot of the footage that they would film. They ran those matches on primetime wrestling a lot in the 80s, too. Right, yeah. A lot of times, you know, in the Gorilla Bobby era of primetime, they'll throw to MSG with a lot of these house show matches. Here's the thing about that, though. They would not go to matches that broke their existing feuds or that were Correct. redoing ex- feuds that happened. All right, like I said, Macho and Hulk, they fought a million times like, yeah. after the fact. But you never saw that on primetime. Right, you exactly. Wouldn't see that. You would see, Because they were like, like, to the viewers on TV, it's like, oh, that feud's all settled. Yeah, I you know. know. Like, that's not a thing anymore. I love it, because it's like, the I, I just love it, because yeah. <laughs> the house shows are like a mix of, like, the canon that's going on and a bunch of non-canonical stuff. Yeah. Like, Jake beating Bad News Brown clean with the DDT well before SummerSlam 90. Exactly. You know, shit like that, where yeah. Jake beat DiBiase at MSG clean before WrestleMania 6. Didn't Jake fight, like, Rick Rude or something yeah. on these things, like, before yeah. that even the Cheryl Roberts shit? Maybe, like, in the midst of it, but I think that type of stuff happened all the time and just the overall presentation is just to me so it's like comfort food it's just like candy go on that's the other thing and i did want to touch on this is that i guess maybe because it's not canonical and because it doesn't really matter (laughs) there's a sense of like especially on commentary of just like really just fucking around yeah like a lot of it's it reminds me a lot of like how we do those um championship wrestling right threes yeah how you and me are kind of just talking but yeah. like this is done then and they're just talking about nothing bobby and gorilla are arguing oh that's for no, the best yeah. for no reason but like it has nothing to do with the match no, it's true though and that's how we also get stuff like oh the warlord all he cares about is domino's pizza yeah. because like why else would they talk <laughs> about that ever yeah and that is from msg you're yeah, right it's from just a random house show i saw you driving that big bus around a hoosier dome oh that was a ball cramden impersonation if i'm ralph Cramden, pal you're ed norton <laughs> And another one of the great things that these have done for me is I, I watch a lot of these from like 86, 87, because it's during the, the rise of the Hulkamania era. Mm-hmm. And when you get to see Hogan, you really get a sense of just how big this guy was on a town to town basis. And yeah, because you don't see that as much on the pay-per-views right. even because on the pay-per-views, you got the smart asses there. They're yeah. like, oh, we're going to make him look stupid. And he, yeah. And of course, it's like the pay-per-view, right? right but like yeah. just to see Hogan in his hometowns like MSG, you know, like his stomping grounds, I mean. To see him taking on like Harley Race or whoever it might well, be, Randy I think, Savage. I think it's more interesting in the later era, and that's what I meant about it. It's like when yeah. you get to like 91, but Hulk is still like, you go to the house show he's circuit, he's over. still like the best shit ever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's not the like annoying Hulk either on no, the house show not, circuit. Not just yet, no, right? Yeah, like in, in those later times when like, you know, at the pay-per-views, you'd hear some, a smattering of like, you stink or yeah, whatever. Well, like, he did. <laughs> yeah, but I just mean to say it's just it's weird because on the house show, you understand why they were still going with him. Sure. Like, you know, you know, you know what I mean? He was still the draw, man. Yeah. And remember that match that he had against a Slaughter the Desert Storm match? Oh, that MSG? shit's awesome, yeah. Right, like there's so many good things. The Piper DiBiase yeah, feud. Th- that one always, <laughs> I love that because first of all, Sherry just goes nuts in that match. Mm-hmm. She's insane. Right, like, yeah. That, that's, a, that's a great um, example of Sherry going crazy right. under the Million Dollar Man's wing. Right. Not because you're used Not to her Savage. with Savage, but right. she's doing the Savage stuff with DBS. Yes. And it's really, really amazing. <laughs> it is. It's good. She was good with him. I was yeah. better than I thought, actually. She's actually another, like, there's certain people who I think excel in the house show circuit, too. And Sherry's one of them because she's willing to, like, 
she's way more interfery. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Not, like, yeah. She's just like way more like just always just like fuck you. Like basically. every five seconds, I'm going to hit you with a shoe. I'm yeah. going to kick you. Like, and the ref's just like, ah, fuck it. It's a house show. Like, you know, like, and then they even let her just get beat up. Yep. Like nobody stops it because again, fuck it. It's a house show. <laughs> you know, speaking of refs, that's a great place to see some oddball refs too. If you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, you know what also I mean? one's wearing not the ref uniform, <laughs> yeah. especially in Philly and Boston yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, outside MSG. Definitely. Yeah, outside MSG. Houston. Yeah. yeah Houston. Bruce. Weird uh, ring announcers that oh, aren't yeah. think. Oh, especially in Philly. They have like all these different old men that don't, don't know how to talk. And then finally, like Gary Capetta. Yeah. At the end of the. <laughs> and we and, and I know we said like the announced teams, but also weird announced teams. Oh, God. Like, like again, I Duke. always. The, the, what, the, what's the one with Duke, Mike McGurk and, and, Bruce. and Bruce? That's Houston. Yeah. <laughs> that but, is that is like by far one of the worst and weirdest yeah. announced pairings i have ever heard three people in that time period too yeah, like exactly. why and duke also made it to some boston stuff i think too yeah. on commentary also nick bockwinkle did like three or four msg yeah. shows with gorilla what about that time where like bobby or someone introduced nick bockwinkle yeah. when he first came <laughs> right. or whatever like why is this happening <laughs> exactly like all these weird things that would happen you get you get rematches or pre-matches that you never knew if you don't watch is like savage jake at msg mm-hmm. Bret hart undertaker at msg stuff like so that. so i think this is uh, I, I guess what highlights as to yes. like to sum it all up and highlight as to what we're talking about why is this good now and when I was a kid, it sucked, right? Mm-hmm. It's because now with more knowledge and knowing everything, these feel like, I don't know, WF bonus stage or something. Like, they're <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... It's, Downloadable content. Yeah, it's just like dream matches, what-if scenarios. Like, it's just like this weird area where you can point to and be like... You like you can say like oh I didn't think this guy refuted or fought this guy and then it's like nope he probably fought him on some house show somewhere that right. was taped somehow yeah that's true though yeah. like how often do we talk about the house show feud right we'll say right. they had a house show feud it never blew off on pay per view or anything or it wasn't even on TV right but then you get to see like some sometimes there are some of these matches that are bluffs there you know it's really awesome and sometimes there's even setups which is the crazy part because sure. like especially in the like mid mid part of the eighties a lot of times like. I don't know, like, somebody would, like, beat up Hulk at the end of some fucking match in, like, MSG or something, and then right afterwards, they get on the mic, come next month, fans, <laughs> Hulk's gonna fight that guy! Yeah. Like, you know, like, that kind of shit is always going on. They did the same with, like, Bob Backlund and stuff. Oh, but, definitely, like, during the Backlund like, era. like, Bruno. literally four seconds later, somehow, I don't know, the officials got together, and they said yeah. they're gonna fight at the next <laughs> MSG. Well, Tony's on top of that, yeah. Quinn. Uh, yeah, one of the great things, too, is that these are long. They're yeah. like two, two and a half hours, some they're of these shows. They're pay-per-view length. They're Which, not too long. They're just they're like too long. pay-per-view length. It's not just an hour or anything like that. And it's we're a not nice talk- long card. Yeah, and we're not talking now WF pay-per-view length. No. We're talking like back then, two hours, 40 minutes, yeah. three hours tops. Right. They don't go past three no, hours. No, never. Either. No. So basically, the whole thrust here, Quinn, was basically when you were younger, you didn't see their appeal. I didn't get it. I was like, why... Like, why would I watch this? Because to me, it was like, well, the title's not going to change hands. Right, that which, was always the big. That was always the which, the stickler in my head, which, right? Which it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's more it, to me. It's more about these like fantasy matches. Right. It's, it's literally like fantasy booking, but actually happening. It actually happens, and yeah. it's just never really acknowledged on TV. And this, of course, folks, especially in the '80s, but into the '90s, this is when the house shows were the main revenue source and the main thing they built towards. Obviously, pay per view did replace that as the mm-hmm. '90s started. So, getting a feel for these when you watch them, you got to remember you're looking at, especially if it's MSG. This was their monthly, like, big super card. Yeah, make a good gate. <laughs> you got to have good matches. Nice gate. 
That's yeah, why you true. gotta have weird fantasy matches to like make people actually come to yeah. the arena. And a lot of those crowds, man, are hot. Yeah. And sold out. I mean, there's a lot of good crowds and a lot of good times and, at these. You know, I don't want to take away from them um nowadays. I feel the house shows I've been to, um, they still apply that thinking. You do see weird matches that you would only think you would ever see on pay-per-view at house shows to this day yeah they still do them like i remember we went to that christmas show in like 2013 was it 2015 or 2014 or cena and orton well we went to two years in a row i think actually i only went to one okay but anyway when we went the point was it's like there was like it was all marquee matches these were all like yeah. yeah these were like things that they like either they were talking about or they were suggesting like on the tv yep. and like it was actually happening and but they were having like 20 minute classics like and it's still not in canon yeah it's not in <laughs> canon like i remember we saw like cody rose do like a fucking backflip off the top of the cage or uh, some we shit. did see that as stardust yes you're right but yeah like and i was just like this shit's insane yeah. and it's like nobody's ever gonna know this happened and i remember being excited because somebody put a youtube video of it and it <laughs> yeah. was like on some wrestling thing it's like oh by the way did anybody know cody did a backflip <laughs> off a that. cage like yep. like on christmas or whatever <laughs> yeah i mean that's just their loop it's like you take it around the horn and then you you refresh the matches and the lineups and you do it again we're very fortunate to have a lot of these on the wwe network these great wwf house shows from the 80s into the 90s yeah it's sort i of, love them it sort of makes you wish now with the technology that it's, it's a little cheaper to film stuff um, oh yeah, that much it used cheaper. to be. Hell yeah. You think like when they have a network that they need to fill content that they would just film every house show and just throw it on there. <laughs> like you maybe yeah. edit it down and every couple months throw us a hey, this happened like six months ago Watch or it something. If you yeah, want yeah, to. yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> it's just like it's all these shit matches. Like, <laughs> but like there's like really weird matchups right. on there, and they could start by also uploading more of the old ones too. That'd be nice. Yeah, our, so they we're they lacking have, a little. I actually want to just ask that question here at the end. I, they have a lot on there, from what I can tell. They have like mo- at least twelve yeah, on but, some years, but uh, which they is don't crazy. Have, they don't have all of them. They don't have by them all. far. Yeah. There's but a lot missing. I want to just give them the credit. They do have a lot, though, on the network. They it's do not, have a it's lot. It's not like a shitty amount. No, you can get your a good fill if yeah. you want to watch them. Right. But man, yeah, they were good, Quinn. So that's a nice new perspective. There, I like that. I like to see you finally coming around, seeing that the house shows are good. Yeah, they're really fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted right. to give them their due because I think I think a lot of people also are like me. They're like, well, this doesn't matter. It like, doesn't why would matter. I watch this? But yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's just light and it's yeah. enjoyable. And folks. To, you check one out. If you have the network, check one out. Or maybe you have one in your little collection there. Check out an MSG house show or something like that if you want mm-hmm. some hot matches. Yeah. Uh, but when we come back, we got two names coming out of the tank. They're creeping their way out for the Royal Flush Quinn. That's right. It's the worst tag teams of all time. We're going to keep ranking them here. The Royal Flush WWF tag teams will be coming up right after this. What brings you around? Did you lose something that- Boston, get ready. Oh, my word. Oh, what's, that? what's going on, Gene? Dreamers. I love it, Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, Terry Gordy. Gentlemen, tonight is tonight here in Boston, the Moondogs. The Are debut, you ready? The, the debut, debut of Freebird Fantasia. The debut of Bad Street and Beantown. Talking about the Green Monster. Talking about Carl Yastrzemski. And now a whole new sports franchise coming to town. The cards and letters have come in for years and years, and we stopped the schedule. We put a halt to the schedule to bring it to Bean Town. Because you know there's a lot of people up there that run their mouths. Guy like Roddy Piper. You know guy like Roddy Piper? You were the kind of punk that never came in the bathroom at school when we were in there. <laughs> and the moon dogs. 
Reminds me of that old dog we used to have on the farm, bam, bam. Morning, about it, hey, you know, there's a lot of people out there in Boston that probably don't like us. We really don't care. There's probably a lot of people in Boston that like to cuss us, might even want to spit on us. Just go ahead. Be ready to suffer the consequences. Oh. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 176 here on Monday, May the 11th, 2020, and thank you again for being with us. Hey, Quinn, I told everyone I'd bore them with the details of the Patreon. You did? Yeah, so I'm going to do that now, but okay. I'll make it quick, okay? So patreon.com slash OVP podcast, that's where people can support us, right? Right. It's definitely 100% where you can support us. It's the place to be. Yes, it is the place to be if you want to support OVP. And what you get there is a lot of extra content for very little buck, so few buck. And the littlest. The littlest of bucks. It's two, three, or five dollars. That's it. We max out at five. Crazy, right? Yeah, we because we, we don't want you to have to pay a lot if you want the extra stuff. So for five dollars, you get everything. And what that includes is, like we mentioned, the pay-per-view reviews. Right now, Royal Rumble 1990, the hot ticket, you know, the hot, the biggie. It's it's <laughs> the biggie until WrestleMania 6. Until WrestleMania 6 coming out in June. So that's every single WWF pay-per-view all the way back to WrestleMania 1 from 1985. Wow. We threw the big event in there. We threw WrestleFest 88 in there as well. So if you want the full pay-per-view reviews with the OVP official star ratings very important they're, obviously they're up there <laughs> yeah. um, obviously Dave Meltzer is, yes. is tracking yeah he is he's paying attention you could do that that's on the $5 tier now the $3 tier is the bi-weekly 1983 reviews that Quinn mentioned and that's where Quinn and I sit down and each week every other Friday we release WWE of Championship Wrestling we're going in order we started in January of 82 we are now in May of 83 Quinn wow <laughs> incredible it, some things have happened some recently. things have happened a lot of people have come into the World Federation yeah. to uh, throw their hat in a race. Uh, obviously, they want to prevent uh, tax money from going to the Isle of Malta. Yes, um, of course. There's, there's reasons why they're coming. And, and Tito think, Santana is one yeah, of them. I think that's the reason. That's the reason, the, the tax money in the Isle yeah. of Malta. But if you want to get your hands on that, it's basically Quinn and I just hanging out, watching wrestling. It's available in video and audio form, so you can take it either way. That's on the $3 tier, and then the $2 tier includes the raw video. That's the making of every single Monday episode, including the one we're doing right now. That's the shirt tier because you mm-hmm. get to see the shirts we're wearing. You uh, know. Fabulous shirts. Um, <laughs> got really good ones this week. Yes. So you got to get that get uh, tier so yes. you can see that. And also included on the $2 tier is a back archive of our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras segment. There's about a dozen of those. That was a popular segment for many years on our show. And uh, we released one of them for free a little bit down on the feed of the doinks. Yeah, so the you, doinks. If you want to get a free preview of what those are like, we have one of those out. It's the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of doinks. Yes. <laughs> so it's amazing. It is. It is fun. I mean, you have to rank them. I mean, it's important. Someone has to. Who's, who's the top four doinks? Who's the worst doinks? Yeah, you'll find out if you listen. That one's free. You get the rest of them on the $2 tier. So anyway, that's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Again, that's if you want to donate, if you want to support OVP. We're not mad at you if you don't. We understand if you don't or can't. That's fine. We're just happy that you're listening to the free show. But it is available if you want that extra content at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Okay, I'm done boring everybody, Quinn. We're done with that for (laughs) the day. Now, we move on to the Royal Flush of Tag Team Champions. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're new to the show and you're like, all right, what are these two goobers talking? What is Royal Flush? What does that mean? What is this? Who cares, Royal Flush? (laughs) Tell you who cares. We care and we take it very seriously. It's scientifically (laughs) proven or whatever. So what this is, folks, is before the season starts... 
You, the fans, vote. And you do that on Facebook. So if you want to be involved in the next one, go to our Facebook group and join it there. You vote on the 10 best and 10 worst of something. And for this season, it was the WWF Tag Team Champions. So we get all the votes in. And then after the deadline, our statistical analyst, Joe Merkel, he takes all of those votes. He puts them into two separate tanks. One for the best. And one for the worst. And now he actually has physical tanks in his house right. to do all this. Yeah, right? I don't know what he's. I mean, he's, I don't know how he'd do without it. Right. Yeah. It's in his basement, I think. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's I, from I, what I understand. I will have to ask him. We'll ask him. But anyway, each week we alternate and we take two names out at random drawing. And it is random. You can see the drawing on the raw video. So that way, by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the OVP scientific, certified, organic, baptized, ordained USDA stamp of approval. Not GMO, healthy, best and worst tag teams of all time. Right now, there are four on the list. Mm-hmm. Let's run them down for you. At number one is the right to censor. Buchanan and Goodfell. What a team. Yeah, great what, team. What a team. At number two is the Cinderella story, Quinn, the one, two, three kid and Bob Sparkplug Holly. You know, it really lit up the world. <laughs> Everyone was talking about it and they hated it. Um, apparently so our fans did yeah Yeah. Uh, number three loud resistance which really not that bad i don't think they're that the worst heel tag team i think the next team is pretty bad though i Um, would strongly disagree with this one that would be money incorporated should not even be on here hey you guys voted (laughs) quinn is doing his best to keep them high on the list i'm trying to keep them low yeah but the thing is here quinn and i don't vote we just rank what is given to us so if you see a name on here that you don't like we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Even even my hate for Money Inc. didn't get them on this list. No, it's true. And if you want to take part again in next seasons, just vote. It's on Facebook. It's free. So anyway, those are the four that are on there right now. Two more names are coming out of the stinky septic tank. So let's go down to the one and only Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal We are coming to WWE to teach you Americans a lesson. What do you say? We make like a banana and split. Heinrich, the animal, an old-fashioned road warrior butt kicking. And we are the Spirit The Strongo Brothers, World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, William Regal and Eugene. Nicholas has a scheduling conflict. I mean, he's still in the fourth grade. It is the royal flush of WWF Tag Team Champions. I'll, I'll be very disappointed if Nicholas <laughs> and, and that our fans voted them in. Hey, I'm not sure. Okay, could we with the toilets yeah. here? Our fans might have voted them. We won't know. That'd you know? be like a Money Inc. situation. No, Money Inc. is good. Yeah. Okay. What, okay, enough with the toilets here. So, what we have here is four on the board. We've mentioned them. Again, it's La, it's uh, RTC, Kid and Holly, La Resistance, and Money Inc. We have two more names coming out now. Quinn, bad tag team champions. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how good the wrestlers are necessarily. Not or really. What they did in other promotions or what kind of good matches they might have had while not tag team champions, right? No, it doesn't. None of that matters. We're, <laughs> we're focusing specifically on their reign as yeah. tag team champions. It's the reign. It's that, the reign. It's a reign of terror. That's what matters. And Especially as, with terror with these people. Well, a lot of terror. And if, as John Fogarty once said, have you ever seen the reign? He spelled it that way, too. <laughs> yeah. R-E-I-G-N. Reign. So. That's the name of the song, right? <laughs> it's the name of the song. 
<laughs> so, okay, enough screwing around here. This is very serious. Get your lab coat on. Get your goggles and beakers, clipboards and notes. Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Sip a seltzer as it is time. I got it. I got all of that. <laughs> it's time to go down to the fans as they'll count us down and find out exactly who drew number five. I wouldn't be The Miz and you wouldn't be Shane McMahon if we just politely waited our turn and let everyone pass us by. <laughs> Miz and McMahon, the best tag team they, in the they world. They are the best tag team ever <laughs> happened, remember? So these guys must have really uh, excited a lot of hate in our fans for them to get voted on. You know what's weird about this? I would have thought for sure... <laughs> Miz has been in a lot of weird tag teams. A lot. I would have thought for sure it was like Show Miz (laughs) or one of those. Like, why this one? This one was funny. Yeah, and this one had a purpose. Okay, yeah. You want to to explain what happened here? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to mention that this is actually the illustrious SmackDown tag champions, which I guess we didn't exempt and we didn't make exemptions here. So here's the problem with um, the tag titles. I just want to point this out. A lot of people don't know this, but the tag titles... Or is the only title that still exists in the WF where it's somehow been completely disconnected <laughs> yeah. from the original line of champions, which is just very weird. It is weird, It's not right? like Raw or SmackDown retains the original tag team titles. Now, however, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I won't. there's something like the SmackDown titles or the Raw titles that they include the, the second version yes, one. the Raw. But the one... That the original the, titles, the one that the like the Hart Foundation and all that, that, that ended, one is completely like not connected to either. It ended in 2010. Yeah, it's over with. Yeah. So the SmackDown ones, yeah, are the third of the tag titles because the Raw one then kept the lineage all the way going to the Raw tag titles to today. Yeah. But the SmackDown one is you know really long history. 2016. What it's so great, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Prestigious here. Yeah. So the Miz and Moore. I mean the Miz and McMahon. Excuse me. Miz Morrison. That was a good team. Miz Morrison was good so shane mcmahon is a wrestler apparently yeah um, well he came back um and he was like you know what i'm gonna try my hand as wrestling yeah. thing i'm not gonna run the company no no i'm no. just gonna you know uh, stephanie's got that handled I'll, yeah. do, I'll i'll win the world title or something yeah i'll yeah. fight the undertaker yeah you know yeah. things like that and for whatever reason towards the end of 2018 he starts to uh, want to team up with the miz well so from my understanding he didn't want to team up he with didn't the, at first no yeah he didn't at first and then the Miz was like begging him. He's yep. like, "Oh man, you know we'd make a great tag yep, team, yep. right?" I I don't understand. The Miz's logic is like flawed. Well, it's the I, Miz. I think that, but that, I think that's the point of the joke. Yeah, it's like the Miz just thinks that this is going to be the greatest <laughs> shit ever, right. right? It's like I'm going to tag up with Shane McMahon because he's the greatest in the world. He won that Saudi Arabia crap or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. Like, if, if if I hitch my wagon to Shane McMahon, I'm going right back up to the top, right? <laughs> so he convinces him, yep. and then their tag team, they win the titles together, the best right? tag team in the world. And they're all right? happy. They beat Sheamus and Cesaro, I, I believe don't think it was. She, I don't think Shane's very happy about it. He doesn't really give a shit, because he's already the best in the world. He won the Saudi Arabia Cup or whatever. Well, he did, yeah. Well, yeah. he is the best in the world. Right. He's like, I don't really need this tag title thing. I've already proven the, my point. You know what's funny? Is yeah. people that get mad at him saying that as if it's not him being a heel yeah, on wrestling they, TV. You know they like, that was the joke, right? Like, that, of course somebody that isn't the best in the world is going to win a trophy that says best in the world yeah. on it. Like, of course Shane McMahon in his parachute pants and his stupid punches and his shirt. Like, if it wasn't him, it would have been like Baron Corbin or yeah. somebody that nobody likes that, that nobody thinks is good. I hate to break it to anyone out there that legit got mad at that, but... The wrestling term is heels. Yeah. Like, that's the point. The wrestling term is heels. You're supposed yeah. to be like, fuck him. Like, no, CM Punk is the best in the world. Or did he, that's that, 
back the in, point back in the day if they had a trophy that said best wrestler in the world on it i guarantee you that like honky tonk man <laughs> yeah, would win right, or something like, right. like somebody like 100 percent yeah. or dino bravo or right. something like <laughs> that's literally the point so you know shane mcmahon's very good at being heel the miz is good at either the miz is a good heel miz is good whatever you give miz if it's if you give Miz <laughs> a good thing it's good. He's good with if it. you give him a bad thing, it's bad. Right. It's just it goes in and it comes out the same as you gave it but to him. But he's a hard worker and he's had a long ass career. Yeah. And I, uh, he's I've, very like I've I, appreciated him more and more as time goes. Miz is a guy on. that I could totally be like if they you know ten years from now or whatever if they're like Miz Hall of Fame I'd be like of course never like, hurt anyone. Yeah, he's great. Like he just doesn't seem to cause problems I'm really. Say, yeah, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like I think he's like one of those guys that nobody gives enough credit to. He worked his ass off. Right. He yeah. wasn't a wrestler he's to good begin in the with. Ring. And he's, He's good. He's just a yeah. solid wrestler. You know, no one get carried away, okay? Right, yeah. I'm not saying he's the best thing ever, but he's solid. No, it's he's not solid. like he's like Shawn Michaels or something. <laughs> or Bret Hart. Or Bret Hart. Yeah, he's not one of those guys. Or, but, or Daniel Bryan. He's a guy that you would just, he's good to have on your roster, period. Good hand. Yeah. Right? A good yeah. hand, as they say. I know it's jokey-jokey he came from the real world or whatever. But, he did. You know, some guys were like football players and yeah. shit. And, or nothing. Yeah, or nothing. What are they supposed yeah. to do? Can't come from somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. That's not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> wrestling's full of that shit. Yeah. So anyway, Ted RCD. <laughs> Shut up, Hall <laughs> of Famer Ted RCD. No, he's better than Ted RCD. Yeah. So Shane McMahon and the Miz finally do win the tag titles there at the Royal Rumble, January of 2019. Oh my God! Shoot it, start today. Shane and Miz are the best tag team in the world. And uh, they win them again from the bar. That would be Sheamus and Cesaro. And that's another good team. Actually, a very good team. Yeah. In so, all seriousness. Yeah. So I guess that bolsters, you know, best in the world, obviously. They well, beat, yeah. They beat one of the best in the world at the time. Yes. So they're good. So, <laughs> yes. So what happens, though, is that the uh, February pay-per-view, which is Elimination Chamber, if you lose track of what the February pay-per-view is anymore. I thought it was No Way Out of Texas. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's always in Texas every year, right? It actually was in Texas that year. <laughs> oh, there it was you go. in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They, they should have called it that. No they way could have called it that. Yeah, and no go. one would have minded. Yeah. Everyone would be like, fine. Oh, look, cool. Throwback or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That was February 17th. So we're talking a three-week run here. Yeah. We'll have to see why this is bad enough to make it. We'll get into that in a bit. But the Usos won it from them, which the Usos very good. Obviously, a very well, good tag team. Tag team consummate, yeah, they're, they always win it. Like the demolition of our time, right? But right. The the whole point of this breakup or losing this was so they would break up and fight each other at WrestleMania, right? Correct. So yeah. what happens is at Fastlane. Remember Fastlane in March? Yeah. Well, I uh, I always remember Fastlane. It's, you know why? It's on the road to yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah. What a great name. And I, you know what? Actually, it's that name is. I hate to say it. No, has, has sort of grown <laughs> no. on me just because I'm like, well, if they're gonna brand it Road to WrestleMania, why don't they have a pay per view? Like, I'm surprised they just didn't have a pay per view called Road to WrestleMania. <laughs> so they, they got close enough with Fast Lane. They did. It's like we're gonna put. Why don't they call it a Fast Track? Like we're gonna fast track this to WrestleMania. Fast right? Track. No, I yeah. think Lane is better. You like lane. lane better? I like Lane. Yeah. Uh, don't forget there was also Roadblock, like that one house show they did. That yeah, because <laughs> it's you're just stopping. It's like in the Isn't middle. That, didn't like Dean Ambrose <laughs> win the WF title, so it really was a Roadblock no, because no. they're like wasn't supposed to happen or something. I don't know, did he? I don't remember. It's like Triple H versus Dean Ambrose for the WF belt. Yeah, but he didn't win it, did he? I thought that's where he won it, and I then he just like lost it again or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so at uh, at the fast lane, the um, Shane and Miz team up, and they don't win the titles back from the Usos, and then Shane turns on the Miz, attacks Miz, attacks Mr. Miz, Miz's dad. Yeah, so this always, anytime I can talk about Miz's dad, it's a great thing. Right. So Miz's dad is a character that's 
subject like many years it's not like new to this a lot of people i think thought possibly that they'd never seen mrs dad before right right he'd been in the crowd a lot he'd been on mr mrs whatever that show is you know what i'm talking about like mrs mrs and maurice show mrs and mrs yeah or whatever it is yeah right (laughs) okay i'm george myzanin hello i'm barbara we're michael's parents and he'd been like just on a bunch of shit and i actually was a big fan of this character because of how he looks right because, because of how it looks and also just that he thinks he's good (laughs) <laughs> and I kind of enjoy it. Right. Like, I, he, the other thing, the other aspect of Mrs. Dad that I really like is that he debuted around the time, like, or a bit after, maybe a year or two after John, Mr. John Cena's dad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Cena. Mr. Cena. And he was, like, inverse Mr. <laughs> yeah. Cena. Like, like Mr. Cena was, like, in shape. And Crew he, cut. He was clearly John Cena's dad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because John Cena's, like, Mr. Perfect. Right. You know how he is. I he's just, him. like, he's just good or something. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, his dad is perfect. And Miz, who's, like, kind of crooked and, like, you know, he's sort of, like... He's not ugly or anything, but, you know, he's just, he's not John Cena. No. And, of course, his dad's, like, a big slob. The greasy hair, just paunchy, mustachio. Yeah, and, like, you, here's the thing, it's like, this guy is an older fella, I'm not gonna, like... He's in probably his 50s, right? right? Yeah, so it's like, who cares how he looks, but I think it played into, like, the opposite. It was just great. Yeah, it was just great, and I love, I just love Miss, Mr. Uh, Miz a lot. Yeah, Miz's dad, we call him. George Mizanian, I think. I actually, like, so we went to this WrestleMania where this match happened. Yes, this is 2019, obviously. so the Miz and and Shane McMahon, they have the big match, right? count anywhere. And in the middle of this, and it's so great, (laughs) and I I was in the crowd, and I'm marking out, because you know how much I love Mr. Miz. Yep. Like, he starts to, like, challenge... Fucking, fucking Shane with the fisticuffs with the fisticuffs and I'm like this is great <laughs> like this guy. is like the payoff to the Mr. Miz character yeah. that only appeared every now and then if this is where the Mr. Miz character ends I'm good with it Miz who said he wants to protect his family and now his father is going to protect his son this is not a good idea this is not a good idea I hope George's health insurance is all paid up because this is not going to go well for him so uh, Shane actually wound up winning that match, incidentally. And the reason we're going on to kind of bookend it here is because the whole point of the rain was to get to this feud. Right. And you weren't supposed to like the rain. No, you were <laughs> supposed to be like, this is aggravating. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> now, does that make them good champions? No, of course no. not. And when, when we get to ranking time, I know we'll have reasons to, to see where we place but them. Here's, here's the problem with this being on the flush is that they do this all the time to build up feuds. Yeah, like, but, people win the belt so that they can say they had success, like Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Right, and yeah. I, I agree they do it all the time, but that does not make for a good title reign. No. By the same but token. But some people would also say Shawn Michaels' Diesel tag title reign was good. Those people would be incorrect, yeah, it's, scientifically. It's, it's not really <laughs> supposed to be good. It's right. supposed to be like, oh, look. It's a storyline yeah, device, Quinn. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's a plot device. Right, it's like, oh, once successful together, now yep. they're... Bitter enemies, it's or so whatever. Todd can do a voiceover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so that they can show like black and white clips of them celebrating with the tag belts. The WWF tag team champions. Yeah, they uh, were the- once the greatest tag team ever, and now they're bitter enemies. They fucking hate each other yeah. tonight on Raw. Yeah, but anyway, that's that's Miz and McMahon. There's really not much else to it. It was what it was. It was a storyline device, and it actually was a good storyline, which is. The overall storyline was good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like there's not a lot of those nowadays. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it had like an enjoyable payoff. Like, Miz fell off the fucking roof or yeah. whatever of of Izod Center or whatever <laughs> we were at. Yeah, yeah the Izod Center. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's where it was. Yeah, <laughs> the Brendan Burn Arena actually. Yeah. And uh, say what you want about Shane as a worker, he sucks in the ring as an actual wrestler, like wrestling ability. 
but just like his dad, he is good at the um at the spectacle aspect of things yes. and getting people involved in what he does and invested. Yeah. And so is the Miz. Right. So it was fun. It was a good matchup. It was a good matchup. Seriously, yeah. we'll get into where they rank in a bit here. But I think on that note, Michael, it's time to find out who drew number six. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. The fans are ready. Let's, let's do it. Let's count down to number six. <laughs> Met on a mission. Mabel and Mo. Mabel and, Mo and Oscar. How, how dare people besmirch Mo? <laughs> well, now were these guys ever the tag team champions? <laughs> what, what is? What are we talking about here? Like, how is this valid? Well, yeah, they were tag team champions. Okay, They're, what are we going to say about this? All right, it's not that hard, I guess. So, in 1994, well, let's roll. Let me roll it back further. Who are men on the mission? Who are I've never heard of them? They debuted in the summer in 1993. These were men from the streets, they said, you know, and they right. were here okay. to clean up the WWF and their mission, I guess, uh, was to wrap and wrestle. I'm not really sure what the Wear mission was. parachute pants. Parachute pants, vibrant colors. They had a gray goatee, like Mo had a gray goatee. What was that at the I beginning know. where their hair was stupid and then it was just regular? Like, you know I don't what know I mean? that Mabel ever had good hair no i just mean it it was colored it was like gray though yeah. why do they make it gray it didn't there was never a point where mabel didn't have eyebrows for some reason <laughs> like i i don't what yes it's real all right maybe it is yeah. real i'll have to look he back didn't have that. eyebrows for like a couple days or something i don't know it was very weird now we covered a bit of them um when we were doing the worst managers because uh oscar their right. horrible rapping manager just Absolutely heinous rapper. I remember Vince found him at the. At the, at a, the he wedding. was a wedding MC. Quinn wedding, says that's that's his backstory. That's the backstory. It's kind of like the Samu backstory. It's all related. <laughs> it's all connected. And anyway, they come into WWF. They minor success. You know what I mean? Kind of wrestling on the the lower card for a tag team for several months. Yeah, you know what though? To be fair to them, I'm, I'll um, be fair. I look at their appearances, and it seemed clear to me that they did want to give them the tag titles because they were popular with the fans at the time. They were. I'm not going to yeah. take that away from them. Right. They actually really were over. Uh, they dressed up as Doink at yeah, Survivor that was Series. funny, I guess. If you like that type of you know comedy, it is funny. I don't remember funny. which um, where they ranked in the Doink rankings, but... Um, <laughs> was Mo one of the worst Doinks? I hope so. Uh, it's sad. <laughs> no, it's I think not. it would be Mabel's a worse Doink than Mo. Mo would just... He kind of looks like Doink anyway, so... Well, they're like both the same wearing, size, you know? They're wearing clown uniforms to begin yeah. with, those two. Anyway, they, uh, they work their way up a little bit, and they take on the incumbent tag team champions, the Quebecers who I want to talk about for a second here at WrestleMania 10. Now, the Quebecers was Jacques Rougeau's second uh, foray into tag team wrestling in the WWF. <laughs> Which always, anything Jacques Rougeau does is entertaining. <laughs> Silly. Yeah. Um, so he, the, he's insane during that yeah, show. He's, he's, he's basically like the fabulous Rougeau version just with a Mountie uniform yeah. on. So after he had been the Mountie for all of 91 and 92, he leaves again. Comes back in the summer of 93, but this time he's got Pierre with him, which is PCO. Right. Obviously. He's still around, and he's like a he's mutant like a or something. And I, don't, mutant. I, don't, I don't know what he is. is. He Cage also. He's like Brian Cage, He's like right? a weird like, combination of all these things yeah. that we're saying. He should fight Cage. That'd be right. a fun match. Anyway, so these guys, are they come in, and they're managed by Johnny Polo by the fall. The Raven, you remember him? Remember him? And they actually defeat in the province of Quebec rules match, don't forget, in September mm-hmm. 93, the Steiner brothers, who are now not going to matter anymore, unfortunately, in the right. WWF. Hey, well, sorry. They, they weren't that good in WF anyway. It was just a misfit. They're great, but it was just a bad fit. They I think is all it is. There. It's like, oh, look, we're from college. I, I know say, you, you always I have a problem with it. I am sorry. Yeah, I, I blame the booking much more than I blame yeah. the Steiners. 
Nevertheless, though, the Quebecers win the tag titles there. They escape by the skin of their teeth against Brett and Owen Hart at Rumble 94. Owen kicks Brett's leg out of his leg. We move on from that. Quebecers still the champions. Big scene. Ah, you know, yeah, yeah. Jacques always the left-handed mm-hmm. handshake. Hugs. Yeah. Hugs for Pierre. Hugs for Johnny Polo. Stupid outfits. <laughs> yep. We're not the Mounties. They're not the Mounties, yeah. right? They're dressed like them. Yeah. But they're not. We're not. We're we, not Mounties. We just like them. We just like Mounties or something. Yeah, they're fans of Mounties. Yeah, they're, they're Mountie fans. Right. And who isn't, really? Yeah. And anyway, they do not, Men on the Mission do not beat the Quebecers for the titles at WrestleMania 10. They beat them by countout. So it's kind of disappointing. And Men on a Mission's like, I thought we won the belts. Right. So this is why, in my brain, they were never really the tag team champions. Because, like, they very soundly are defeated at WrestleMania. Well, yes. However... WWF was known for going on international tours after WrestleMania. They did it uh, a lot of the time, actually. They still do it. They, they it's, still always do like, it. it's always like, WrestleMania was yesterday. We're in Europe now. Yeah. Like, it's like, we're in Sheffield, England or something. Why, do they do, why is it always after? You'd think after WrestleMania, that's like, oh, we should really rock the house show circuit in America where we just had this WrestleMania. But instead, they go to Europe and then nobody gives a shit about it. It's like they, they put themselves in into well, a lull by going to Europe. You want my guess? Yeah. I, I bet you Bruce Pritchard has probably talked about this, whether he's telling the truth or not. Mm-hmm. My guess is that, all right, boys, we did WrestleMania. That's the biggest show of the year. We're going to Europe. It's like a vacation. Like a... I'm talking in the 90s mentality. Yeah. It's like, all right, you get to freaking go somewhere different, drink your face off, all this crap. You mean it's it's kind of like a vacation it's like for a the vacation. boys? Now, I'm just speculating. That's just my guess. But to me, it always kills the momentum of the year. But like you know, every time, because they're always hot after... Even, even well, now, they're always hot after WrestleMania, and then they're just like, well, you don't give a shit. Well, I have another theory. WrestleMania is an international event, and the people in England just saw this event and, and in Europe. So it's like, all right, they're hot there. We're going there right now, because yeah. they're always in the U.S. Yeah, I don't know. It's just in the U.S., they're not all year, generally. When they come back from Europe, always. They come back to the U.S., and everyone's like... What's WF? What is this? Like, I, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm used to pre-tapes at this point. And you know, you know, they oh, this always happens. Yeah, I know. And the reason we're spending so much time digressing, folks, is because nothing really happened here. So this is the deal, yeah. right? So they go to England and in London, actually, on March the 29th. So this is only nine days after WrestleMania 10. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nine days after WrestleMania 10 in London, England. From what I understand, I don't know if this has been debunked. The official story is that as the Quebecers are defending against men on a mission, at some point, Mabel falls on Pierre the wrong way, and the ref counts the pin, and men on a mission accidentally win the tag Now, titles. okay, I gotta say something here. Go, is this playing into that Mabel hurts everyone thing, <laughs> and, and people are, like, retroactively doing this because he hurt Diesel or whatever? I don't know, Quinn. Because I... <sighs> Well, I, I mean, find it hard to believe that the ref wouldn't be like, oh, I got an eyelash in my eye or, <laughs> or like, you know, just some reason why, like, if this is what was what actually happened, like, well, he why, knows who's supposed to win, right? Exactly. Why would he just not like <laughs> pretend that he kicked out? Or yeah, I, I don't know. Like, just not do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, or wouldn't Mabel be in the frame of mind to be like, wait, we're not supposed to win and then like lift him up, yank his shoulder up real quick. It's like, yeah. I want to beat him up more or something. Well, you know what? Maybe it was just a perfect storm and it happened. I really don't know the truth, folks. That's the official story. It's also possible they just wanted to pop the crowd and then do the uh, payoff at the next house show, which was two days later. Okay, right. so the 29th men on a men on a mission begin their illustrious title reign. <laughs> it was so great. Two days later, on March 31st, at a house show in Sheffield, England, Mr. Sheffield, mm-hmm. Quebecers won it back, and that's literally it. 
So, <laughs> what a rain. That so, way, nobody even saw it. Nobody no, even saw the whole rain. No, no. Now, there might be pictures of when they won it in London. I don't think there's video. If there is, then I'm mistaken. Maybe there's stuff like, you know, Burt Reynolds sh- shook their hands afterwards. <laughs> or, you know. No, he was still at FanFest. Yeah. Oh, it was still going on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's a rain. That's not a rain. That's not anything. Yeah. I, which... We'll have to see how to fit that into this list. This list is all over the place, and I, I applaud you guys for that. I like the very <laughs> palette we have here. You know what I mean? Because we have real heel teams that everyone hates. So we I, have minor rains. Yeah, I find it interesting that the rains people get upset about are the ones that are like just spot rains, inconsequential. Like, yeah, they're just they, they, nobody even knew they happened. Rains. <laughs> right? Yeah, this one's like all this is literally is a footnote in I, in the title history. I literally for years had no clue this right. happened. Why would like, you? I just watched WrestleMania 10 on videotape, and I was like, oh, okay, they didn't win it. And then, you know, years and years later, they're like, did you know Men on a Mission had, like, maybe it was, like, when, like, Viscera was around. Like, I don't know. But like, yeah, right. people would be like, oh, former tag team champion. I'm like, when? Like, when did that happen? Yeah, because you wouldn't know it. I'm almost certain, Joe, like I was saying, that somebody at some point said, oh, that's Viscera, big, uh, you know, he played football and he was tag team champion. Like, big guy yeah big boy <laughs> big hoss yeah if you just lost 100 pounds would be one of the best wrestlers that's the rain got nothing to say about it didn't right. see anything happen it was just a trade with the quebecers whether by accident or on purpose to pop the sheffield crowd when they went back i don't know but that's that is it ranking time uh yeah okay so it's ranking time folks let me run them down for you again this is where it gets really serious oh very yeah this is what everyone waits for yeah, you know, they're writing articles about it afterwards. Oh, Wade Keller, all yeah. those guys. Like, did you hear about OVP uh, Royal Flush? That's what they say. <laughs> At number one is Right to Censor. That's uh, again Buchanan, who's a very good wrestler and a good father. What? Huh? Buchanan? Don't no. <laughs> number two is the one, two, three kid and Bob Holly. That the big hot team. One day rain. Yeah. Number three is La Resistance. That's no, they're okay. Normal, yeah. normal heel tag team reigns fine with me. Number four is Money Incorporated, the best one, obviously, on the what? list. They're really I, good. I still think Law Resistance, maybe. You know, I don't think they so. They could have traded there. No, I don't think so, okay. Quinn. I'll be resisting that. All right, so where do we fit in Shane McMahon and The Miz? <sighs> this one is actually, like, not bad. Like, I, I can't even, like, I have no problem with this rain. Well, like, it's not one that I would personally pick for the flush. I was actually surprised when I heard that this was voted in. I think it's because no one likes either of them. Right. In all seriousness. But that's, it, they were like kind of heels going in. Right. Sort of, right? I yeah, mean, it's like, wrestling. I know Miss was a little facey at the point at, when they entered into the yeah, team. Yeah, he was good at getting sympathy, but I think it's because nobody likes Shane McMahon. And I don't, but I give him credit where it's due. You I'm, know, you know I, I personally, on an aside here, I am not a big Shane McMahon hater. I don't hate him. Because, to be honest with you, um, when he has a match on pay-per-view, I'm generally entertained, and I know that's not like a popular opinion. So what? But I'm like, I'm. It's, it's fi- your vantage yeah, point. I'm kind of fine with whenever he does anything. Like I know I don't like when he cuts promos and oh, stuff. Oh, it's horrible. It, but when he's in the ring, even as old man Shane, I'm like, this is acceptable. Like I, I, I'm, I'm never like, man, I really want this match to be over no, with Shane. Know. You know, I'm, I know. Ne- I'm never like that. Well, the Undertaker one was horrible. To be fair. <sighs> You can't, it, you, it can't win, really you can't win bad. them all, but Shane's track record is actually like not bad. No, because he doesn't do it often, and when he does, he puts his all into it. Right, and I, I do appreciate Even that. With I the really gray hair. do. Even <laughs> with the gray hair. Even with the gray hair. Yeah. Uh, and the Miz puts his all into a lot of these things that he does too. Mm-hmm. But let's be fair here to some of these other teams. I think the line of delineation here should be 
Money Inc. and La Resistance, they're in their own group as far as I'm concerned because these are pretty solid heel tag teams that had regular runs, and it's not fair to compare a plot device to them. Does right, that make but sense? Also, I can't say that this is like a non-rain, like MOM or right, or right. Kid and Holly, because right. this is like it was three weeks and three weeks, and now it, in WrestleMania season specifically. Oh yeah, because that's when this was. Uh huh. That's considered lengthy. To be fair, <laughs> oh, come on. No, is it, it is because because you're really only judging it by that time frame. So three weeks of that season yeah, is a know. long time. You know, we don't even remember three weeks ago at this point. I understand <laughs> that, but I'm just pointing out that in the flies by in the in the the story, yeah, that that that's a chunk of time. It's a chunk. Okay, yeah. it's a chunk. But are are we both okay? Maybe stacking them against Kid and Holly, keeping Law Resistance and Money Inc. at the bottom well, right now. I can tell you right now that they're better because they're better they, than Kid and Holly. Their plot device was good. You want to keep this them. Kid and Holly thing? Nobody even fucking remember. Remember the Smoking Guns just kicked their ass because they weren't really, really weren't even supposed to win well, in the first place. To be fair, Kid and Holly were also a plot device, right? Right, That's because true. they someone needed to win it. I mean, in yeah. order to get it to the guns, and they couldn't have Bam Bam and Tatanka by win that, it by that. See, here's the thing: is that that's why I think this plot device should not disqualify well, Shane and Miz from being good because. But it doesn't make them good either. No, in, in, at the end of the day, it's yeah. they're all plot devices. RTC, that's just to prop up RTC. Well, okay, if we really want to get technical. All of wrestling is to yeah. make money and sell tickets. I know right. that, but yeah. I'm just saying they weren't meant to have a rain, whereas La Resistance and Money Inc. were. RTC was meant to have a rain and wasn't good. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. That's why they're number one. I don't know why they're number one. They they well, might because not. they're just they, they suck. Like yeah, but they're heels. It's we also don't like Bull them. Buchanan. He's good. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. It's also Bull Buchanan and and also the delineation of good father, don't Godfather, I whatever. Know, I know. It's all upsetting that one. So you want to put Miz and Shane McMahon? You want to put them below, like as in better than Kid and Holly? Yes. Just explain why. I'm not saying no. I'm not. It's but. it's because I I think the Kid and Holly was just way more inconsequential than the Shane okay. and Miz thing. Like fair. Like to be honest this with you, this led to something. What the Shane and Miz thing? I think the the comparison to that is it's another Sean and Diesel. It's another best friends, bitter yes. enemies situation, which is a very tired trope, if yeah. you will. But but Shawn Michaels and Diesel are kind of the origin of that. They're like yeah. one of the first ones of that. They are to, yeah. to be put together. I mean, Mega powers really, but they didn't have the tag they titles. Have, yeah. have titles. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with you. Kid and Holly had one defense that they lost. I mean, again, Miz, Miz and Shane McMahon probably had one defense also that they lost, but. Nevertheless, they had a couple weeks to breathe. They had a few weeks and to build breathe. their story. Yeah, and what again? If you're mad that they were like touting themselves as the best tag team in the world, I think that's mostly the hate. I think they wouldn't caught, even be on this list yeah. if, if if that wasn't part of their gimmick. Like you're getting worked, and that's right. okay. Just admit it. It's not no shame in that right. to get worked. I get worked all the time. I didn't like Honky Tonk Man for all those years because he would act like he was really good, right. and I thought I was so much smarter. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We don't judge you for that. We don't. But as performers, they did a good job here. The angle was good. The payoff match was good. Especially, we're talking about somebody being good in 2019. I mean, that says something. I mean, yeah, it's a WrestleMania worthy match. Like to be <laughs> I hate fair to say it, but yeah, because yeah. the, the feud was hot. Like people yeah. were like, and plus, it, people went into that going like. I remember going to that WrestleMania show. I do too. I, was I remember there. saying to you, one of the matches I actually want to see is Shane versus Miss. I really want to see it. You said that to me? I did. We're on the train. It was one of the matches while we were going that I was actually like, it was one of the matches on the card that I, I wanted to see the Daniel Bryan, well, yeah, Kofi, Kofi Kingston. Right. I wanted to see the Miz and I wanted to see the Becky 
um, thing. The Becky Ronda Charlotte. Yeah, those were the three. Uh, it was like actually one of the matches on my list that I wanted to see. And you got to see it and it yeah. was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Okay, so we'll leave them at number three. That puts La Resistance and Money, Inc. down a slot. Right. So they're at four and five. We're fair. We're good with that. Yeah. Okay, so Men on a Mission now. This has to be number one. I'm flat out saying it. Whoa, really? Well, well that's, I mean, that's strong words. How at least Kid and Holly's was on TV. I it might RTC's is so fucking horrible. Yeah, but Quinn, it's it, it's it's part of it is because you they're heels and you don't like them. Yeah, but the both the wrestlers in it are diminished greatly. Excuse me with the Bull Buchanan. Bull, it's really Bull Buchanan is what's keeping you. He's good. Is what making you defend RTC? I can't believe Bull Buchanan. He's a good. Remember wrestler. when he was like a rapper or something? Yeah, he's one B2, of the two. Be squared. He's one of the worst things I have. One of the worst. Excuse me? He's horrible. No, he is not. Based on what? What? He, what? Everything they did with him was bad. Are you trying to tell me that the that the Truth Commission was bad? <sighs> Joe, <laughs> keep you just... Yeah. Yeah. Bull I feel and like boss you man. defend Bull Buchanan like, way too much. What is there not to defend? He's a good look, good worker, good good wrestler, good, good shape. He looks like fucking creator wrestler before no, you put the hair on no. him. Like... That's it. he literally looks like that. He you got looks a problem like, with that? He looks like the base of the caw. Like <laughs> that's literally what he is. Why is he sticking your caw so much? What's your problem with him? He's a it, good almost, worker. It's almost appropriate that he was friends in the wrestling with uh, with a guy named the Prototype originally. Like you know what I mean? Like because he's like the actual. He's not even the prototype. He's just like the the template. Like, <laughs> that's what they should have called him. Floor model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, Men on a Mission has to be the worst here. The most comparable thing we have is Kid and Holly. Right. Same type of thing where it's like a Kid and Holly had a one-day reign, Men on a Mission had a two-day reign. Difference, I don't know if they're worse than... R- they, I mean, they might be worse than RTC. They are worse than but, RTC. But they could also be better than RTC. They, this could go either way in my head. Okay, so before we start tinkering around with RTC... I think RTC, it's it's really hot, hard to take them off the top. All right, listen Let's be here. fair. Listen here, fella. Before we get to RTC... <laughs> yeah. Kid and Holly is men on a mission worse. I think so because it wasn't even televised. That's my grounds. <laughs> but does that make it worse or does that make it more in- inconsequential? I think that's actually the question here. Like, does that actually make it? Because it's not. It's not tangibly bad because you don't even know it happened. That, it, that that's what I mean. I know that, but it can't be good either. <laughs> I know that. This people. This is this is why when you put these these invisible reins in, <laughs> like this is like there's really like no good answer to this question. Well, you know what it is. They don't know the answer, and they want us to figure okay, it out yeah. and use the science. That they trust us. Thank you guys for trusting us so much. I feel that like we can do this. We're for very you. damned if we do, damned if we don't. Oh, we're damned no matter what. See, here's the thing. What my concern with putting them are over RTC. Mm-hmm. Is that I think later on in the list, if there's somebody worse, like it's like these guys will have this fucking trump card of just like they can always say, oh, nobody ever even knew it happened. Like, and it's like, well, nobody can beat that. You know, I just why can we why are they not worse than why are they better? Why are than, they even on the list? They're not even they didn't even really happen. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even really happen. Like by my, that it, makes them the worst. Yeah, but you know what? You could make the same argument that yeah. if, it, if it didn't really happen, they should be like 
number six. Like they Excuse should be like. Excuse yourself like, I, I, trying to put them better than money incorporated. No, I mean like you could literally make the same no. argument that they're like no. the bottom, but you could also make the same argument that they're the top. They're that's, the top. That's how they're- how transient this is. Well, yeah, no, you're right, and I think that transient is stopping here at number one. They got to be worse to write to censor. They've never right. What are you on television? It was an accident. He sits on him. The ref's like, ooh. No. Just no. RTC sucked balls. They are fine as a heel tag team that annoys you. They, I didn't even want to watch them. Wait, you're already moving it. <laughs> I on didn't the list. do anything. What is this? I'm just. Now I see a, a blank spot in <laughs> the number one and it's upsetting me. I didn't do anything yet. <sighs> I'm just getting it ready. Uh, there. I can't. In good conscience, make them worse than RTC. Well, they do it in bad conscience, so let's make men on a mission number one. Why don't we say this, Joe? How about this? What? Since Kid and Holly are comparable, let's just... uh, I can't make them worse than RTC, because RTC had a reign that was known, and it sucked balls. Like, and that's it. This didn't exist at all, but it's... it's, At least we can say it's it's between Kid and Holly, and and one of them's number two. (sighs) Are you really trying to keep right to censor at number one? I think so. What's your big damn problem with them? They suck ass. They suck a I horrible love. tag team. Yeah. <laughs> it's just bad. First, the pairing's bad. Why are they the tag champs when, like, the Dudleys and, like, Hardys, all them exist? Like, their music sucks ball sack. And that's not even just, like, a heel thing. That's just, like, a, I, why I don't want to... I want to go to Nitro or something. Like, I don't want to watch this. Like, <laughs> it's just horrible. Like they immediately, and that's and Bull Buchanan has a history of music like that because remember the Bossman music made me want to take a dump. Like yeah. everything about RTC is just reeks of shittiness. Stevie Richards, Ivory in a fucking like whatever that is, librarian uniform. Yeah, like everything about RTC is offensive, and it, I don't like it. Like the the wrestling, there's no way it was good. I, I don't even remember it. It's so fucking like nothing. Fine. They might as well have not even been the tag team champs. I don't even think a lot of people even remember RTC had title reigns, just as much as they don't even know that Mo and Mabel were the tag team champions. As Milton Burrow once said, pick your spots, baby. Yeah. All right, number one, right to censor. Men on a mission, number two. Because yes, I think number two. Kid Holly at least had a story. This isn't just nothing. At least Kid Holly was on TV! <laughs> yeah. All right. RTC is just generally offensive. I don't get the hate for Bull Buchanan, but it's fine. All right. <laughs> he sucks! Nevertheless, he never even was a good wrestler. What are you defending? Fine as a wrestler, at, it's like uh, defending Doc. It's like none of it was never good ever in anyone's opinion, not even yours. I'm gonna cry now. Yeah. All right, at, it's just you. You've just been campaigning for Bull Buchanan for so long. I that always you're, liked him. You're blinded. You're you're absolutely blinded by this. Blinded by the bull. Yeah. All right, let's run it down here. Number one, right to censor. Number two, men on a mission. That's fair. Three, kid and Holly. Number four, the newcomers here, Shane McMahon and Miz. That's right around where they should be, in all yeah. seriousness. Number five, La Resistance. Very proud of them for moving They're down. They're very, very good. And don't write off Money, Inc., because they are the best of the worst still mm. at number six. Folks, that is the worst tag team champions of all time as of this week. Be sure to let us know yours. Do that on the Twitter at OVP Podcast. Go to ovppodcast at gmail.com or join the group. And be sure to tell Quinn why he's wrong about Bull Buchanan. What? But, Michael, when we come back, we're going live. We got internet. We got faxes, all sorts of technology. Mm -hmm. It is WWF Livewire. And that is coming up right after this. Yo, let me get serious right about this one. 
Yo, Quebec is at night, yo, yo, you don't sleep -a. Take a good look at your Grim Reaper Yes, you are the champions now But beat the mission, no way, no how We're gonna take the titles at all We are coming straight to y'all We are ready, ready for the fight When you come to the mission, you better come right I start making my way more Yo, man on the mission, yo, here we go When it comes down to WrestleMania 10 You're gonna up those belts because we will Stop! Hello wrestling fans, it's Joe here, and while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day Podcast. Hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E. They're gonna bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique, it's quirky, it's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show, The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again for being with us here. Episode number 176, Joe Murata, along with the Bull Buchanan hater, Michael Quinn. What? Huh? Anyway, folks, we are we are reviewing something, Quinn. We still do that. We, yeah, um, that is something that's on this show. Yeah. So you want to, we're going to do it, right? Yeah, we're going to do the okay, review. Okay, this is, this is it. This is the this review. Is, okay, cool. Ready? So we're doing WWF Livewire, folks. Livewire. Livewire at AOL.com. Let's give a little bit of history on Livewire. I know we've done one before, one or two. Here was the deal. This was part of their whole shakeup of their programming in the fall of 96. And basically what happened there, that's when they had greatly reduced their syndication. So at this point, the only thing on syndicated television was Challenge, and it was the Challenge that like no one knows about. The one that like was only in like France or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. by the end of it. The one that became Shotgun Challenge in January of 97. And what they did is superstars had moved to the USA Network, Action Zone was no more, mm. Mania was no more. Yeah. So September 21st, 1996, that was the debut of Livewire, and the show actually was live, and the whole point of it, the entire point of Livewire, was rather than be your standard recap show, what they did is they took calls, emails, and faxes. <laughs> Don't forget, remember Sonny work in the fax yep, machine. Yep, And they would uh, hear from fans. Most of the calls were horrible, just like, <laughs> um, I want to know, when's Randy Savage coming back? And yeah. things like that. Yes, uh, yes hello? Yes, good morning. I was wondering, uh, do you know if the Macho Man is coming to the WWF, or do you know anything of World Wrestling Federation is building on youth. And there's some pretty infamous ones where uh, JR is getting increasingly annoyed with the calls <laughs> with his like festive Cosby sweater on I, and I stuff. Wanna, I want to say one thing about this show. This is another perfect example of Vince McMahon caring about a show for like four weeks yep. and then never giving a shit yeah, ever again. And pretty it was much. just nothing. Yeah. And it was a bit of a zoo because there was like too many people in this damn control room. <laughs> you had Todd Cornette, Sonny, a guest, Doc Hendricks, you know, yeah. Vince Russo would wander Any, in sometimes. showed up on this show. <laughs> yeah. like, they, they did not care. It was really weird and some of the calls did break kayfabe and some of them were shoot they were real calls they really did in this case this is a situation where a lot of times i make fun of vince for not caring about a show but this ne they needed to put a stop to this yeah they needed to stop the show it was, <laughs> a, it was a little mess it was a little too much yeah <laughs> and like some of the arguments between the hosts 
felt a little too real. Well, yeah, the infamous Jim Cornette and Vince Russo one. Yeah, with that, Vic Venom. It's like uh, maybe we shouldn't be airing this. And it was yeah. live, and, and they had no, they they couldn't like edit it or it anything. Literally was live. Obviously, Vince was on the show the one time. And Vince Russo, how is this show so horrible, <laughs> Mister McMahon? And that whole appearance. So anyway. Even though it debuted in September and it was a hot concept, you know, very hot, lots of tech. Yeah. Like Gene was talking about the tech. I mean, this was a next level tech. <laughs> they had internet. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, they stopped doing the call-ins on January 11th, 1997. So September 96, it started. Four months later, the concept is done. It's actually amazing that there's that many months of call-ins. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Really, because it, means there's it was like, a mess. What, four, eight, twelve, sixteen episodes or so? At least, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe. At least. But it was a mess. Yeah. So what happened? It just became another recap show. And, yeah, of course it did. And that's the I version mean, that, we're doing. See, here's the thing. is That was his preordained fate anyway yes, because right. of how vince mcmahon is with everything <laughs> yeah. but like here, the thing was is that this had promised like maybe this won't be this and i feel like the successor to this this like that concept though uh-huh. i know nobody remembers this fucking show but bite, bite this, this. On, on like the on like wf.com yeah. only and it no, was, it was like you know in like 240p yeah. at like the worst resolution <laughs> very little p yeah yeah no that was a successor that was a mid 2000 show <laughs> and some same type of thing there was like kayfabe wasn't really a concept there that where they were like we went they went into it like being like no we're really gonna break kayfabe yeah, on this that's real yeah so the point that we're doing now <laughs> august of 1997 august 30th 1997 live so it's a recap show just out of the gate but what i wanted to mention about this is just to give you some background on where we are in the wwf this ties in nicely to our discussion about 1997 right that we had because you're gonna get to see some elements of what we meant and not only that, it ties into the Todd Pettengill discussion. Right. So I have more on that. Boy, it's just, it's all connected. Yep. So I feel so, like this is the theme of the set. It's all connected. It's all connected. SummerSlam is coming on. We know what happened at SummerSlam. That is where Bret Hart, five, five, five. Sean, he waved the chair, but yep. he didn't mean to hit. He didn't mean to he hit He really Undertaker. wanted to kick Bret Hart's ass because right. you know how they don't like each other. Right. But he hit the Undertaker. Now he's in a feud with the Undertaker yep. because of this shit. And he had to count the pin. That was part of the stipulation. Right. If he favored the Undertaker, he wouldn't be able to wrestle in the U.S. anymore. Right. So it was he had to count the pin. Yeah. Which is I'm being fair to Sean. Also, as a Sean fan, he didn't need to use the chair, but he was True. like kind of goaded into it. I feel Brett like spit on him. Yeah, exactly. So Brett's a heel here. Yeah. Undertaker was the champion. This is no a perfect longer. shades of gray scenario. Very if, if you ask me. Because everyone's like, gray. Sean wasn't unwarranted in what he did. Brett got he deserved to get hit. Yes. Uh, Taker was kind of just in the crossfire. That's all it was. Like, yeah. Some things happened after SummerSlam that we'll get into. So we're building now to ground zero in your house. That hot, <laughs> hot, very memorable. Oh, yeah. um, every year, ground zero for many big years. Event. Big event. Now, this was actually, just for the record, that was actually the first three hour in your house. Is that the first, yep. like, where the subtitle took over? Because they, yes. they're really not t- saying in your house. Even, like Todd sometimes, but he's at, he's new gen. He's so phasing. Yeah. He doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah, this is ground zero in your house, not in your house ground zero. Right. Keep that in mind. So that's where we are right now. Let's get into it here. This is WWF Livewire, August the 30th, 1997. And we get the intro, you know, over 100 countries, seven different languages, three galaxies, 15 trillion viewers each week. These are week. all true facts. <laughs> yeah. About the WF. Yeah. Something with satellite dishes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Lots like, of satellite dishes. Yeah. Multiverses, all that stuff. And we open here with a video package for The Undertaker, who is just ready to beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Undertaker sensed HBK or something because he's a wizard. <laughs> also, he looks dumb, by the way, with like a huge bandage. It <laughs> looks like a diaper on his head. He can run his mouth like nobody else in the World Wrestling Federation. 
if he's undead, why would he like need that? Like maybe he bleeds like green blood or something, but like, oh, like not scorpion, not like a it's, reptile. Yeah, it's one of those things like where I would think like he bleeds for like four seconds, and then like after the match, you like literally see the wound heal, heal because up, right. the, like in front of your face, like it's right. that fast. You know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Someone needs to look into that. Uh, now we see highlights from Raw. Where Sean notably beat the shit out of Undertaker with a chair. That's what caused that bandage. Yeah. And now JR like loses his fucking. <laughs> oh, God, he's hitting him. He's hitting him with a chair. Yeah, football. You know. And then we get the dial up technology intro from like a year ago. Live on the internet or whatever. Remember the internet? It's, it's so new. Remember it? Yeah. Uh, we're welcomed by the Toddster who's like on the phone yelling at his mom. I don't care what you gotta do. I don't care how many toes you gotta step on. You gotta do what you gotta do. Do you understand me, Mom? He still works here? Yes. Like, seriously? That's what, why I wanted to do this. this. Okay, what is that? When did Todd leave? October. Go back to his stupid show on so- the radio. <laughs> when does he go? That great show. Yeah. Uh, he leaves in October. So this is like the tail end of Todd, and it's very hard to find Livewire from this era. This is the latest one I can get my hands on wow. from Richie. Wait, there's more Todd Livewires? Yeah, he's still this. there like in September. I think the last one he does is October. Oh my god. So he was phasing out, and Michael Cole was already here, so the crossover was starting to happen. Kind of like when George was still there and Mooney was still there. Right, it's, it's kind of like... It's that type of it's thing. It's like he's handing him his notes. Yeah. Like, it's like, here, this is how you be an annoying host. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Very good point. And honestly, by this point, with no more call-ins, with no more interaction, this is basically mania from the control room. Like, that's yeah. all it is. And Todd looks like he's, like, 46 right now, <laughs> and I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's wearing, like, a normal suit, not his, like, usual happy pants and whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, he doesn't loud. look as young. No. It's looks he- like fucking Raymond. <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, but you know, like middle aged Raymond, you know, where he's like on the couch with his friends, Raymond, where you're like, who, what? He's not even hip anymore. Like, whatever. <laughs> Him and Deb aren't a young couple. <laughs> it's that kind of Raymond. Right, like 2006 Raymond or at whatever. The beginning, they're like, at the beginning, they're, they're, you know, they're a young married couple. Right. And then, like, near the end of the show, they're like, they're who, getting old, man. Who even are these people yeah, anymore? They're not even the same. <laughs> you are ass. You are. Todd references how we're coming off of Friday night's main event. Remember that? Remember yeah. Friday night's main event? We'll get into that in a little bit, right? Yep. <laughs> and we're going to get to see some clips of Bret Hart versus Vader from Friday night's main event. It happened like yesterday. Yeah, like, why do literally... we need to see clips about it? I'm <laughs> seriously asking that question. On this very network, by yeah. the way. It wasn't like it was on pay-per-view. It it's was like, on USA. Why didn't they just run the fucking show over again? <laughs> you know what I mean? And we get a clip now from last night. Where Shawn Michaels enters the ring holding that same dented folding chair. And Cornette is like on commentary yelling shit. We know he hates Shawn <laughs> yeah. and he's very like overt about it, but yeah. he's also like a face or something. Carrying the same steel folding chair that he assaulted the Undertaker with on Raw. Cornette's being a straight man here. I, I don't. He was very weird to me in this. He's I'm not used to hearing him doing talk a good like job. this. Yeah. yeah, but he's being a straight man. He's being neutral. Uh, Sean gets a mixed reaction. He's still kind of acting like a face. This is during the heel turn. Right. JR is in the ring for an interview back when they actually, you know, still had people in the ring to interview. They didn't just hand, hand them a mic yeah. and just say, hey, talk. 20 minutes soliloquy yeah. and all that shit. So JR brings up how Sean was the ref at SummerSlam. But like we said, honestly, Sean had to make the pin because of the stipulation, you know? And for whatever reason, they put a CRT filter on the highlights, even though this is already on a CRT in 1997. Isn't that a little excessive, you think? Like, why do you need double CRT filter? Like, it's already on. So you don't have an option. 
for flat screen yet. <laughs> they it just didn't come out to like 99 or whatever. They just want to make sure you know that this is a highlight, you yeah. know, so here's a shitty filter Double, over it. Like you have a CRT and there's a CRT. Yeah. That must look like shit, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, on the other hand, Sean says, though, he was being an ass. He didn't say this, but he was being an ass to The Undertaker the following week. Right. So he mentions how three weeks ago he couldn't get anyone to agree with him that what happened at SummerSlam was a mistake. But now all of a sudden everybody does. I don't know. I'm not sure where he's going with all this. <laughs> no idea. To be honest. Weird promo. He does like recover, but it's just weird. Like his logic is <laughs> yeah. a little weird. I don't know what it was. He says that in the real world, he's basically a live wire. So is that why they're showing this clip? Just because he said that? He's like, promoting the show. Like Todd was like getting the clips together. That we, oh, he said the name of the show on it. Like we got to put that one in. Come right? on, Kevin. We got to put that one in. Yeah. Then you got guys that are supposedly real live wires or some time bomber. Guys that really have bad attitudes. Well, in the real world, I am all of that. Sean says that, you know, he kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, which is actually true in terms of his career also. Uh, Bottom line here, Sean is going to kick the Undertaker's ass at ground zero, even if he has to use a Mack truck. I don't... See, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with him doing that. Well, does he have a CDL? Well... It, it doesn't matter. The point is, Undertaker's undead, so it's kind of unfair anyway. So yeah. I, anybody who wants to use weapons against Undertaker, I'm cool with that. Why well, doesn't he just call it fake diesel for the match? There you go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Or maybe fake cane. Yeah. Uh, so Sean calls himself the initial outlaw, which is something that never caught on. I don't know if he ever said that again. And then he became friends with New Age outlaws, yeah. so he didn't. There's enough outlaw. They didn't so, need so, to <laughs> double that up. And he says he'll uh, dance on the Undertaker's corpse. Okay, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> the, the killing. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, Todd is back down. He runs down what else is going to be coming up on Livewire, you know, including Dude Love. It's weird to see Todd talking about Dude Love. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, it is it's, weird, it's, right? It's, it doesn't fit. Like, no. I don't think a Dude Love and Todd in the same, no. like, era at all. That's why I wanted to do this. It's yeah. just a bizarre crossover period. This dude ain't mad at Shawn Michaels. After all, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And guess what? I shit you. <sighs> it's 1997, right? Yeah. Todd makes a where's the beef reference. What the fuck, man? <laughs> that, that's Come the most on. Todd shit possible. Where's the beef? I, I don't take back everything I said two weeks ago this or whatever. Is, this is really bad, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I know Claire is like a WF stalwart. She's at every WrestleMania, but like, you don't, nobody even knows what he's talking about. I know. Like, the kids have no idea what he's talking yeah, about. <laughs> it's true. Kevin Kelly now plugs the hotline. Hi! Uh, with that burning question. Who's paying for Rick Rude to be Sean's bodyguard? Who, who cares? The WF is. What is it? What are they? Or what? Sean is. Yeah. <laughs> so call one 900 wwf Todd now narrates an Undertaker versus Triple H video package coming up for this week's Friday night's main event. Dark skies loom over this wounded soul. In order to rise from the depths of darkness, he must overcome the black clouds that plague him. Todd does that really well. And see, this is what we meant the other yeah. week. And, like, by the way, Undertaker now needs to be dorky Triple H. What is that? Like, you know what I mean? This is the very beginning of the uh, Triple H sidekick of Shawn Michaels, remember? Right. So, yeah, it's just, it, there's a lot of things going on, like the Todd serious voice, but also dorky Triple H. Yeah. Like, what does he have to do with this at all? Well, because Shawn, remember he was teaming with Shawn yes, when the it, chair shot happened? Was it all? Was that a thing completely at this point, or that what? Was, no. What happened was... Slaughter was like, I don't like you, so you're going to team with Triple H against The Undertaker and Mankind. Basically, Slobber inadvertently like put the X. Yeah, yeah, it's yes. his worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're right, though. Todd does do that stuff really well. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about. His humor 
is horrendous. I mean, he just said, where's the beef? And then he does this, yeah. which is good. This is what he's good at, is the serious voiceovers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But his jokes, good lord, he makes Doc Hendricks seem funny. Seems cool. <laughs> so we run down that uh, hot triple threat match coming up at Ground Zero in your house, which is presented by Stridex. It's Crush versus Farouk versus Savio. Well, of course, Todd wants to talk about in your house. He's so new, Jen, <laughs> yeah. right? And also, thanks Stridex yes. for this fucking match. Like, Still? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is this new or not? It just, it's, you know, this whole the three nations thing <laughs> the um, three nations this whole thing felt like it went on for like 26 years it like was i was so just like long. why are we still talking about this like there was points where i was like did this start in 1985 <laughs> like it, it's just it was forever right? i know and i like that stridex is still a sponsor that's very new gen oh yeah that's very 95 you know yeah, what i mean remember, it's still it's the residual of the pimple craze of the yeah, mid 90s the pimple, the pimple there was really pandemic. big problems yes. with the pimples <laughs> so we get another clip from friday night's main event now where the rock and farouk enter the ring remember this, that yeah i do this is actually only a few weeks after the rock returned from injury and turned right. heel by attacking chains and then we cut to crush and chains entering the ring and we join the match in progress and todd thinks bikes are cool like they were in the 50s <laughs> like it's like they're kind of regular now you know yeah he also says all heck will break loose heck, heck. we're gonna join this match up in progress folks and all heck is about to break loose <laughs> he, he very, does very new gen he can't he, he's not allowed to cuss <laughs> even though cuss. there's like actual cussing in this show there is yeah uh, body slammed by Farouk on Crush, then a clothesline. Mike Kyoto is the referee. JR on Cornette on commentary. Reverse thrust kick by Crush. Well, he did train under Mr. Fuji, I Master guess. Master Fuji. Master Fuji. Yeah, only with Crush. He's yeah. Master Fuji, right? Yeah. Uh, awful pile driver. Crush like fell over. Gets a two on that. Under Faker is in now with some kicks and punches, but Farouk fights back. Tags in the rock. JR talks about how this match is physical, but he doesn't mention football. Very which surprising. Is, which is, I was stunned. He, because Farouk and The Rock both played football. I was, I was stunned. He's like a linebacker down in a university <laughs> of dumb. Like, you know how he... It's just, I, I Rocky Maivia. Uh, Rocky Maivia. Uh, Miami Maya Hurricanes. Hurricanes. <laughs> the greatest fucking football player to ever play football, motherfucker. Like, you know... He, yeah. He just didn't say any of that. Yeah, I was stunned, which is weird because he does. I'm pretty sure he talks about football at other points. So he it's does. just you, you in your, you know how your brain remembers it. It's just that JR always is talking about football yeah, continuously. We found a rare exception. Yeah. <laughs> corner whip by the Rock, but Chains with a nice clothesline out of the corner. Ten punches by Chains, but Rock interrupts that with an inverted atomic drop, and then a beautiful tornado DDT off the ropes. Huge heat. I got him turning the Rock heel and joining the nation was the best possible move they could have done for him during it's, this period it, of time like revitalized him he might not even be a wrestler or a movie star today if seriously they didn't do this heel turn it was perfect it yeah. really was it was beautifully done farouk runs in now rides chains like a horsey before kicking chains ass now it's chains it's <laughs> not really surprising chains is up though with an electric chair drop both men down and meanwhile and i know you caught this too quinn yeah jr like <laughs> he's like and now prime time deon sanders favorite wrestler farouk and primetime Deion Sanders, favorite WWF superstar. I'm pretty sure he was going to say primetime Brian Lee, and he like fucked up. I think like so. I'm 100 percent sure <laughs> yeah, that's yep. what happened. And he, he like recovered. Yeah, because when is, when is no? Who cares about Deion Sanders? When has he ever said he liked Farouk? When does he ever talk about Deion Sanders? Yeah, it's not like a reference. And who calls him primetime? I know that's like a nickname. Yeah, it is, but, but like, still. By the mid nineties, he was just he was Dion. Yeah. Like he wasn't even like people knew who the fuck that was. Yeah. Like you know, you didn't have to say prime time in front of it. <laughs> Jr. fucked up, right? Yeah. Uh, but Crush is back in now. Big suplex on Farouk, a backbreaker on the Rock. Changing Farouk brawl on the outside where 
All four of the Los Bariquas come out to attack Crush. Dilo and Kama then run down and kick their asses. The Nazi boys now storm in. So it's this fucking gang brawl that took up like half of 1997. <laughs> so, and so long. The best part, though, is like Todd just butts in. He's like, okay, all right, you get the picture, which <laughs> yeah, is that really was, that funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, can't we all just get along? Ugh. Hey, you better buy in your house so you can see this shit for the 500th time. He, of God. course, he has to like, in your house, <laughs> yeah. in your house, in your house. Like, I'm not doing the deeper because um, obviously Doc's, Doc's not, not there. there. Yeah. Now, Quinn, when you were watching at this time, like I was, did you care about this? Because I didn't. No. Even at the time. This is my most hated feud yeah. in 1990s. I was like, I hate this. Like, I didn't Can like they it. not do this anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I was like so happy, actually, when The Rock joined the nation, just because I was like, oh, it's not the fucking, <laughs> that, the three nations yeah. fighting thing. Like, right, right. Like, yeah. good. It was, it, I didn't like this at the time. Yeah. So, like, believe me, I like 97, did not like this. Looking back, I must say, though. It's a little bit more appealing than I remember it. Maybe I was just so fatigued of it, but watching so. it at spots, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool how it's like all chaotic or whatever. And to be fair, the crowd here at least was into it. Right. They were. I think from a live perspective, it looks good in a lot, especially a live crowd, because you're like, you don't- 12 you, guys you, you brawling. 12 guys brawling, and that's why they were keep kept getting pops, yeah. but I think it just didn't translate to TV. Good point. Because like on TV, it just got boring after a while. Well, yeah, and plus the DOA is not exactly bastions of charisma. And most well, of the DOA, na- I think you're, you you harp on them a little bit too much, but they're just one of three teams. To be fair, like well, they, most Bariquas weren't bastions of charisma I, either. Yeah, I always thought the problem was is the nation had so much more character. They did. than the rest of them. But well, all four in the nation are good. Rock is good. Farouk's D-Lo. good. Deal and Kamal's good. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's not. It's like it's like kind of like as far as factions went. It was like look at this all star team and then look at all these losers because you're like who the hell is Miguel Perez? The like, hairy one. Yeah, that's it, the only thing. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. Jose Estrada Jr. Fighting over like cars. I don't know. Like it's just bad. It was bad. But now, Todd does his Rad Radford voice while hyping up Dude Love. I hate it. And it's like extended Rad oh Radford voice. Like it's long. It's like a full minute of it, it. It's terrible. I can't even believe he keeps bringing that back. It keeps coming. Rad Radford. <laughs> oh, dude Love, man. Oh, yeah. Horrible. But hey, don't freak out, man, because this dude will never die. We will be right back, man. Now it's time for the Stridex Triple Action Replay. Apparently, Flash Funk got destroyed by The Rock recently. We see horrible 90s internet browser borders. It's like very Netscape. It's really shitty. Netscape 4. Uh, This week, Livewire is brought to you by Discovery Zone. Yep, this big, edgy show, Livewire, brought to you by the Discovery Zone, a kid's playpen or whatever. (laughs) Nothing says attitude like a ball pit. Yeah. (laughs) Pissing it. That's the, that's the attitude part of it, the yeah, piss. The piss. Uh, last night, though, it was Friday Night Fever, Todd says. That's he, what, it's very 70s. Uh, and he continues to use the horrible surfer, hippie, stoner, Rad Radford impression as dude loves enter. Seriously, Todd, like, enough! <laughs> it's not enough already! I've had enough! Go to PLJ! Get out of here! Like, he is insufferable it's on this, bad, isn't folks. he? Yes, no, he's bad. So anyone that thinks Todd is a dork, I have always wholeheartedly agreed with that part of his assessment. Okay, I think we're, he's a dork. I think we were getting a little harpy on his like, you know, Undertaker is he's good, good or at that. like that. Yeah, that thing. But he is really dork. When you have to deal with another thirty-five minutes of yeah. like, the, if five minutes is is the good stuff, and <laughs> yeah. thirty-five minutes of Red Redford, <laughs> like you're just like fuck this shit, <laughs> man. Enough. His opponent, dude, loves 
will be rockabilly. Yes, rockabilly. <sighs> you know, Billy Gunn when he yeah. was with the honky donkey. And yeah, that. the only good thing about all this was remember at the end when they kicked his ass. Yeah, that was the best part. And then the next match of JVC Kaboom Box <laughs> on the Headbangers. Just excellent. So when we talk about 1997 being being good, we didn't mean this. No. Okay, I didn't mean rockabilly. No. I didn't I didn't mean the gang wars. Uh, we clipped, though, to the match in progress, thankfully, as rockabilly is stomping down dude love. JR thankfully notes that Honky isn't here tonight to annoy me. Timmy White's the referee. Corner whip is reversed by the dude, but he eats boot on the charge. Rockabilly with a clothesline. And I kind of, I got to say, Quinn, I like that rockabilly is just Billy Gunn in black jeans yeah, by this point. Like, it's like the alternate version of him. <laughs> That's all it is. And it's got Billy in the name, so it doesn't feel that far away. <laughs> yeah, it's not really that much different. Yeah. Uh, reverse chin lock by rockabilly as the announcers talk about how Sonny is on the way to Brett's locker room. And JR is like, Sonny is going to try to score an interview. With Bret Hart. Are they really still joking about this? Like, the thing that, like, Bret's cheating on his wife thing with, yeah, with like, Sonny? The one person that I actually believe him that he didn't, because he admitted to, like, every other time in his book. The funny like, part is, like, Sonny was, like, overtly dating Shawn Michaels right. at the time. Like This is, like, I actually believe Bret this, here. Is this just something that people wanted to stir the pot because they thought, well, if we say Bret has a crush on Sonny, that'll piss Shawn off more. Probably. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like part of it. You wonder if that like worked into why they really did hate each other. Brett said he got mad when Sean said that. When Sean said said the sunny days comment. If everyone around Sean is saying, you know what I'm saying? Like people are stirring it around them too. If everyone's saying, oh, your girl is a, then Sean would obviously lash out. Right. And then Brett gets mad because he's saying it because it's not true. And then it hurts. One time it's not true. And then all this stuff. It's like, it's just like all this stuff is going on to like make it worse. Yep. It's amazing looking back how much the uh, the boys, as they call them in the locker room, really act like fucking children. Yeah, it really is. Seriously, yeah. I mean, for their own amusement to deal with the pressures of doing the job and but all that. But what holy actually shit. sticks out to me with this, especially, is that it's actually I feel bad for both Sean and Brett in the middle because there's these people like I guess making yeah. it worse. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's all I'm saying. With Jr. with the jokes and all that, like Cause, when, stop. Because you got to also look if you're Sean again. It's like if if someone's saying your girlfriend is sleeping with the guy you don't like yeah. already. You that, who got the big screw yeah. in all this? Chris Candido. Right. Exactly. I feel bad for him more than anyone. Yeah, he's another victim <laughs> the of all this. Bystander. Yeah, yeah, like I just I love Tammy. That's yeah. all it was. Like he loved her. Yeah. He was with her till the end, and he knew that this was going on. Yeah. He's the guy I feel bad for. That sucks. More than Sean or Brett. This whole, this whole situation sucks. It does like, suck. You're right. Speaking of sucking, corner whip by Rockabilly Charge, but Dude Love avoids a splash. And then horrible, like, I am the walrus references by Cornette and JR. Like, shut up. Yeah. The, what <sighs> was that? Swinging neckbreaker by the dude, and we get the sweet shin music. The and then, hot move. Ugh. Everyone, they are so talky about Corny. this. Horny, I know. Uh, double arm DDT gets the win. I gotta say, not that it wouldn't hurt in real life, but like the double arm DDT for some reason looks less impressive than a regular DDT. As I actually a always liked it. You don't like it? I like it. No, I like it. But I always felt it looked like a more like forceful DDT. It's like a pedigree to the side, right? Because right? you're you're double underhook and mm. you do a DDT. I don't know. For Mick doing it, just never. Anyway, I I just wanted to note on this. Yeah, I really hated Cornette in this, and it wasn't like the normal reasons why I hate him. I felt like he he just seemed like a shill for the company. Well, and he like, is. That's but, what an answer is. But in like that's so anti what Cornette I think of him as. So that's why he just he felt so fake. Like here, I don't you think. I yeah, liked him. I, didn't I, mind I, didn't, him. Bu- I, I felt like he didn't believe what he was saying. Probably didn't. Yeah, he's just getting paid. Yeah, it's I mean, just he, really weird for Cornette. Well, okay, that's fair take. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. 
Uh, we clip now to JR interviewing Dude Love outside the ring after the match. He wants to know what the deal is with Steve Austin, his tag, ta- tag team champion partner. Something about how Stone Cold isn't cool or I whatever. Don't know. I don't know. He was like, I don't know, but either we keep these belts as a team or we forfeit them as a team. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how <laughs> teaming works. Except in Texas All-Star Wrestling, apparently. Yeah. Just giving oh, yeah, the people. Just, they they could have just done that. <laughs> yeah. There's no Tunny anymore. Just block that shit. Good point. Yeah, Slaughter doesn't know what the hell he's yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> some, some ladies from the crowd now come out and dance with dude. We go back to Todd. As we get a clip of the Owen pile driver, Todd's talking about how Austin's doctor has said, you're basically an asshole if you ever try to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. But Austin wants to wrestle again. And the WWF officials will be making a decision on Friday night's main event. Of course, we all know what this leads to, Quinn. Yep, this. Yeah, this whole angle where Austin can't wrestle in right. real life. So you they- know, I really appreciate <laughs> that the World Wrestling Federation cares, but I, all re- I also really appreciate that you can kiss my ass. <laughs> yep. Like, you know, that whole thing. And then he kicks JR or whatever. Vince. That was, that was the Vince. Is that, I thought that when nope. he said that specifically Vince. was JR. Vince. Oh, okay. That's right before he okay. stuns Vince. Ah! In the garden with okay. the lady that screams and all yeah. that. Ah! Yeah. 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 But uh, it was a creative way to keep Austin on TV. Because, I mean, I didn't really notice at the time that he wasn't wrestling. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> thought, oh, he took a real stinger. And, yeah. and, and you know, Sergeant Slaughter is being a real butthole yeah, about it. Like, JR's annoying him and everything. And, and, and he had to take it up to the top with Vince McMahon. That's yeah. how I, like, interpreted yep. it. That's how I, I, it was a great way to keep him on TV. I'll yeah. give him credit there. I didn't even think, like I, like you said, I didn't think he was injured. No, I didn't I either. I didn't really. I was like, oh, maybe it was bad that night or something. Yeah. Like, that's what I really thought. But he didn't wrestle for like three months yeah. and they hit it really well. Uh, Todd now hypes up Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker again for Ground Zero and he recaps the feud. Didn't we literally see this already, <laughs> yes. like on this show? Yes. Uh, uh, email AOL lot, live wire yeah, about live that. Wire. Uh, you know what happened. SummerSlam, the chair, and then two weeks later, Mankind and Undertaker took on Triple H and Sean. The chair again. Hey, you know this match is happening on Ground Zero, right? Right? <laughs> uh, fucking Todd. I know. It's just too much, too much recap. A lot of recap. Uh, we throw to Friday Night's main event again, where The Undertaker takes like two minutes to get to the ring for the shitty promo with JR. Let's find out what Undertaker 200 <laughs> thinks about all, all this. Like, <laughs> seriously. I know. And it's just the same shit we saw in the intro of the show. Sean's good at chairs. He's good at talking. We get it, Undertaker. Don't forget the stupid bandage. Right. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> he says the only reason that he's never fought Shawn Michaels before is so somebody could still be around to tell the story of The Undertaker? Like, what? <laughs> what? How? I don't... What is that? Like, that? that's why he was spared all this time it's like i was leaving a unreliable narrator to tell the story and here's the thing is why can i this was a logical question that popped in my head if the undertaker is undead zombie man yeah theoretically he would outlive all of these people he would be around to tell the story only he would tell be able to tell the story (laughs) not the why would what is sean also immortal like he he just picked him out he's like that's the immortal guy he can also tell the story just in case i get burned in the fiery Inferno right. furnace it from could Kane happen, or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. That was really weird. Uh, Taker says he might sentence Sean to an eternity of hell. He has the authority to do that. Yeah, apparently, he's allowed. <laughs> like, he's, he, uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna sentence you to eternity gonna, of hell. He's gonna make that decision. <laughs> what is he? The judge of my cousin Vinny? What I, is I don't shit? understand, <laughs> Mr. Gambini. Yeah. Anyway, something about taking souls, and also next week he's gonna make an example out of Triple H. Fine by me. <laughs> I don't like him. You can go beat the shit out of him all you want. Yeah, well, Triple H already is a good example of a crony. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Sean's gonna rest in peace. Now, I thought it was funny that Undertaker he said that, and yeah. then he stopped and he said, "Well, actually, I'm gonna keep him." alive by a little bit so that he can tell you sean that you suck butt and you're gonna lose like you know there's something like he basically said that 
It was like the weirdest like back pedaling. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. bad promo. Yeah. Sorry, Undertaker wasn't very good. Uh, also, dong, right? Quinn? Yeah, very dong. dong. Very dong. Rest in peace. <laughs> back to Todd, who says this match is ten years in the making, which isn't even remotely true. <laughs> because Undertaker was around like seven years yeah, ago. He was like Texas Red down in Memphis or whatever he was. I, mean, I guess you could make the point that Sean was technically around ten years ago for like, like a day, December of '86 or something. No, he came in in, in the spring of '88. Oh. I always think it's like late 86 and no. then they, they came in 87 no. and got fired. They came I mean, in in May of 87, I think it was, for like two weeks. I always confuse this. Got fired, yeah. came back a year later in 88. Okay. So Sean's only I'm been, one year off. <laughs> yeah, but it's not 10 years in the making anyway because The Undertaker didn't even get there in November right, Exactly. Anyway, Todd tries to extrapolate some reasons, you know, trying to figure out why would Sean want to irritate this big-ass Undertaker. But then, to be fair, he says that Sean has been a giant killer. You know, Vader, Sid, some guy named Diesel. Mm -hmm. uh, but still to come, Rick Rude. And Todd's been all annoying about Rick Rude this whole show. Yeah, I know. He's like, Don't, we're Rick Rude, we're talking about I'm him. I'm going to tell you all about Rick Rude, like, all day. Todd wasn't even there for Rick Rude. He doesn't, how does he know? Right? Like, he wasn't there. Yeah. Bring in Mooney. Bring in Mooney from the news or whatever. Have him come Bobby in. Bobby the Brain or something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Quinn, we have a Ground Zero promo, which of course is presented by Stridek. But also next is WWF New York at 11 a.m. And what channel? They don't know. Check your local <laughs> listings because they don't even fucking know like where you're going to see this. Seven people have this channel. Like, what, what is this? He's like, I'm going to be over there in a minute. Yeah. You better go uh, if you want to see more Toddster. Yeah, like, this, this, by the way, what, how is that a good way to average? Like, he's being so insufferable this whole time. And he's like, hey, you want some more of this fucking shit with me? What's more my rad Radford want, voice? Want me to talk more about Undertaker versus Sean? Because I bet you that's all that show is, by the way. It's just the same recap. <laughs> Probably, right? Yeah. God. And then he's like, this show is about the Big Apple. No, it's not. No, it's, it's just not. called that. Yeah, it's, it's not about New York. It's because the first three episodes had live matches from New York. <laughs> yeah probably like i'm not even kidding uh, then he hypes up the msg raw which is another thing you don't associate with todd pettengill oh yeah but he's gone by the time this happens no he's right? not he's still in the oh company God, by really? then. how and he, but well this is even worse okay and this is why i'm glad he leaves soon he does this horrible like bit about how he can't find his tickets to Raw. Oh my god! And then they close up on his, uh, his jacket yes. pocket, and then he's like, "And I can't find my pencil." And then my favorite part about this is they close up on the pencil, but Todd turns to his side so that they can. Yes. Also, I put a pencil down in here. Not two minutes ago, you think I can find that? No, somebody took that too. Such a doofus, Quinn. It's so fresh. This was like a straight up bit that you can tell he planned. Yes. This is something he would do with like Stephanie Wine oh, yeah. kind of thing. But right. like at this point in time, it's like way past its expiration date. Absolutely horrible. Uh, it's, this, it's hideous. Straight out of 1993. Such a fucking dork. He is. No, I agree. Yeah. Oh, also, he fumbles through the uh, Raw magazine, which has an article speculating that Yokozuna is going to join the Heart Foundation. Was this? Remember that? I, why are they talking about Yokozuna this late? Because he was still under contract. Wasn't he like drinking in bars or something by this point? I don't He's know. always drinking in bars. And smoking cigarettes. Diet Coke and vodka yeah. with a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. I like that you remember that detail. Oh, everyone always brings that up. I... Diet Coke. Yeah. Vodka. Cigarette. And he liked to eat turkey asses. What a combination. I know. Yeah. It's amazing okay. that he died. Uh, anyway, now clips from Friday night again, where the WWF champion... Bret Hart, okay, was defending against Vader. Yeah, let's watch this shit. Todd's only been bragging about it for <laughs> fucking all 40 minutes here. So we get clips from uh, two weeks ago first, 
where Vader got mad at Canada and turned face because the Patriot was there or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Vader enters the ring and he announces uh, that it is, in fact, Vader time. I love him. I know. Because it's the way he says it all. I mean, fuck Vader time! <laughs> yeah. And the fans love him now. Don't they he's, just love him? He's good, don't they? Lo- yeah, I, he I, is. I, I just love him. It's time! It's time! It's... Yeah! I won't lie. When Vader turned face... I was very happy. It was good. Yeah, because no, it, was. it was like warranted. Yeah, like, I was you know, like, like, yeah. Okay, we like him. We just we can't root for him because he's heel. Right, he's fighting all the good guys. You right, know, so exactly. we got to root. Now we can root for him. Uh, back to ringside now, where Bret Hart's music hits, and he st- <laughs> love heel Bret Hart. He storms out all disdainfully, waving the Canadian and flag, Mister Canada <laughs> over here. I love it. Earl Dickhead is the referee. Uh, Jr. Of course, talks about how Vader used to oh baby bull played football. Like of course, there's <laughs> that, your football. There, there's your football, baby bull. University of stupid. <laughs> Cornette mentions how Brett did not bring down any of the Hart Foundation with them, but Paul Bearer is with Vader. Paul Bearer managed Vader as a face. I'm, what? I, I'm stunned. I was actually. Yeah, why did that carry? Maybe that was just like he's so freshly faced that they didn't even get to like take Paul Bear off of him yet. You know what? Yeah, that makes sense because Vince Russo, if if he had anything to do with this, fuck. If, if you don't want to give him credit, fine. Vince McMahon, the the direction they were going right now was probably well. Vader didn't change; he just doesn't like Canada. But now the fans like him, so yeah, he didn't have a the, problem with Paul Bear. Yeah, you could make that argument that he isn't really a face as much as like he's just also American. So he's like, yeah. I like my country. He didn't have a falling out with Paul Bear, and Kane hadn't debuted yeah. yet. And Vader never had a had a beef with America. He no. just had a beef with Canada. Yeah, so I don't know why. Yeah, well, they didn't do anything to us. Well, Brett was being a real snot at this point. He was time. being a snot. Yeah. <laughs> So Brecken's on the mic here. This is just the best this bit of the entire of, I, show. I, this is my favorite part of the whole show. You know, I don't know how a big tub of goo like you can walk in and get a title shot just like that, but you know what? I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kick your fat ass. <laughs> I don't know how it is that a big tub of goo like you can walk in and get a World Wrestling Federation title shot just like that. You know what? I'm gonna kick your. Oh, I'm gonna kick your. This was an amazing, like just, just what an outburst by it's Brett. Like it's great. Just, it just comes out of nowhere. Too. Yeah. He just grabs the mic and fucking, you fat piece of shit. Yeah. Like you suck. Like, and, and then right after he says "fat ass," a big ass clothesline by Vader. And the crowd that goes nuts because they're like, you know what? Yeah, screw him. Yeah, like, that's great, man. Brett was just. Oh, he's yeah. so good as a heel here. By the way, he still has his jacket and belt on after Vader clotheslines, which is awesome. Yeah. Irish whip by Vader, clubbing forearms, sending Brett down. Vader then gets Brett's flag, breaks it over his knee. Big meanie there. Uh, classic Vader punches, you know, the clubbing punches. Yeah. I feel Vader is warranted in all this outrage, though, huh? You don't break another man's flag. It's not nice. Hey, he's been saying America stinks. We well, gotta get some revenge well, there, you know? Well, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 360 sell job by Brett to the outside there. Vader hops down, puts Brett on the guardrail, charges, tries to fat into him, but Brett moves. <laughs> Maybe Vader broke his sternum on the you know, guardrail. You know, Vader also broke his sternum blade. <laughs> uh, you have sternum? This guy, uh, Leon White, he was kind of smelled. He was a good guy. <laughs> He had, he had a, a development complex. Uh, I went to it once. <laughs> I went to it once. Brett whips Vader into the stairs. Nice bump by Vader. And then taunt poses. <laughs> Brett with a taunt pose. What, what, what if he's, he's just hitting a stick yeah. on, the, on the controller there? 
<laughs> double axe off the stairs just to be a jerk by Brett. Back in second rope elbow, another double axe. And then Brett poses again like it's 1986. Man, I love him as a heel. He's very good at this point. He like is. He really has a handle on like what this character is. He's excellent. Yeah. Because when he's in Canada, he's a lot less dicky. Right. He's well, that's still how kind he, that's, of mean, but... That's how he turns it off. Yeah, it's great. Right. It's just such a good booking. Mm-hmm. It really is. Punches by Brett. Short, wi- short whip into a belly-to-back suplex by the hitman. Great spot. Second rope again. Diving elbow as we go to commercial. And now, Foot Action presents the slam of the week. And it's literally just the sweet shin music again. We just saw this. Like, seriously, fuck off, Foot Action. Like, enough. <laughs> what are they doing in here, anyway? Think- okay, wait a sec. Oh, I just thought of this. What? Do you think that they picked this clip because it's, he uses his feet and foot action and like they wanted to like it, they, they were like it, is it only foot moves in the yeah, in these? It's only like kicks and like Mel Phillips would be interested. Yeah, in this. this this should be the Mel Phillips um, <laughs> slam of the slam week. Of the week. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy is right. Now we get a commercial for Stridex WWF trading cards. Who the hell is this <laughs> announcer and why is he so serious? He's like you can get the Triple H diaper card or whatever the. <laughs> card whatever it is who the hell wants pimple cream trading cards <laughs> I can't. what's the market value on these things <laughs> says stridex on them three tenths of a cent <laughs> horrible That's i'm sure there's some collector out there it's like it's the only cards i don't have i actually i've been looking for them for a really long time yeah. uh back to live wire where brett and vader are just slugging it out big clothesline by vader running splash gets two brett bails to the floor grabs a chair keeps it out of view from earl nicely done once earl turns his back though brett slides the chair in but vader slams the ropes into brett's balls as he's getting into the ring so vader then grabs a chair but owen and bulldog storm in and attack vader yep, very schmoz very schmoz and then i bet like shitty patriot or ken shamrock or someone's gonna run out bunch of refs storm out though first as owen and davy drag vader to the ring post so Brett can clamp on the ring post figure four. Love that spot. Mm-hmm. But then here's the Patriot to break it up. Ugh, why? I don't, he sucks. This feud was ass. Like, I don't like it at all. No one did. Because you know what it. it always felt like? It felt like it, Brett was, wasn't was lying about them de-pushing him because the Patriot... He wasn't. Yeah, but I just mean that, like... See, here's the thing, is that I think in WF's mind, they thought oh, this is going to be great because you're like, you're Mr. Fuck USA. Yeah. And like, this oh, is this, Mr. USA. This is mus- like, I think whoever was writing this shit thought this was a stroke of genius, but I think Probably. Brett viewed it as a downgrade. It was. And everybody else viewed it as a downgrade. But like, I don't know why. I really think the company thought this would be good. They did. Like, no, like yeah. I've heard Bruce Pritchard or JR defended or something. Yeah, I thought I, I the, the way they're booking it because it's straight. You can tell that it's not to them. It's to them. It's not a deep push to them. It's like Brett is still hot. This is just literally like 1985 booking. And this is the attitude era starting. It just didn't work. Whoever was the writer on this sucked. Plus the Patriots stinks in WWF. Yeah. Like, I get it. He was in Japan. Great. He's 6'5", did a lot of steroids. I understand. He sucked here. He wasn't even good in WWF. Wasn't he friends with that, like, fireman guy or whatever? No, I think it was Marcus Bagwell. Oh. Sorry, wrong Stars guy, and stripes. Wrong guy that's in a tag team yes. 1,000 times. <laughs> anyway, the Patriot tosses Brett in the ring, but Brett bails because fuck the Patriot. And then JR's like, Brett wants nothing to do with Del Wilkes, the Patriot. Because no one does. I, nobody in the company does. <laughs> this don't. was so ill-fated. Like, they brought him in and, like, you know what? You know what I remember the most about the Del Wilkes push? It sucked. No, well, that they said Del Wilkes. That's the yeah. most. Like, as if I'm supposed to know who the fuck Del Wilkes is. <laughs> like, I was so confused who the hell this was because I even, I also had watched WCW for a number of years. I didn't, I, he was like right before it's I started very watching. Very transient. So I was like, 
who is this? If like they're yeah. like he is so. F- they talked about him like he was fucking Furnace and Lafon, who I also <laughs> right, didn't know right. who the fuck they were. Like they really acted like this guy was a big deal, and if you don't know who he is, you're not in the know, you know. And I'm like, what? He's not, but he's not even good. He was. <laughs> And and why when they say, they say Del Wilkes like I'm supposed to know who the guy under the right, mask right. is? I know, and I've never even I still didn't even see what that guy looked like. If I hadn't have caught WCW when I did when I started watching it, I would have not known who this was because I did see Stars and Stripes. Oh, Joe, I was absolutely baffled about this. Yeah, I don't blame you because like, who I, the fuck knew who he was? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they really thought they, they they were they were harping way too much on like that. You're supposed to know who he is. <laughs> I know, and I'm like who? Yeah. Why? Uh, anyway, Vader won by DQ. If you cared, and then mm-hmm. Jr. Has to waste our time further by getting up out of the fat ass up out of his chair to ask the Patriot what his relationship with Vader is. Please, no. And stunning answer here. There is no relationship with Vader. Then why did he even ask him? Like, what was the, what was the point of any Who of that? Who cares, yeah. right? Uh, something about Bret Hart and a monkey wrench. This guy stunk. <laughs> I, just, I, I hate Del Wilkes I, a lot. I'm sorry, I do. I know. <laughs> Back to Todd now, who reminds us. That Brett will be taking on the Patriot at Ground Zero, and if the Patriot doesn't win, he might never get a title shot again. Good. Like I don't, he shouldn't even be getting a title shot. Period. <laughs> I know. Who is he? Again, who is this? I just I don't understand who he is. <laughs> Promo now for the Austin three sixteen shirt. You can call eight one five seven three four one one six one or send a check or money order to WWF TV PO Box three seven nine Mount Morris Illinois six one zero five four. My fucking shirt. Where the fuck is this mailbox? Know. Why is, is it not Fairfield, Connecticut? Why is it not anywhere in the Northeast? Right? Yeah. Uh, and it's twenty dollars now. Wouldn't. Shirts are still twenty dollars now. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be like fifty bucks today? Twenty three <laughs> yeah, years ago, jeez, I mean, they were they a little, milking it. Ever since they they spent all the money to design that like fancy one with the with the print on it, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Undertaker. Remember the one with the, all the print, the Barry Dedinsky that, one. Yeah, that was the one where it was like they first started getting expensive. I remember that. Yes, yeah. they did. Some of them were like twenty five bucks. Almost back like, then, almost like the guy they paid to design it that they paid too much and they needed to make the money <laughs> yeah, back. Get a nice ROI. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another reminder about Triple H versus The Undertaker. No Raw, so you have to watch this bullshit on Friday again. Yep, that's right. So Friday night's main event, I haven't mentioned it, folks. All that was is it was a replacement for Raw for a couple weeks because of the U.S. Open. It's weird that they made like a whole logo it for it with like a cocktail glass, yeah, martini by the way. Glass. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, it was on at 11 o'clock Friday nights, in case you didn't remember. It was only a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Owen will be taking on the Patriots. Oh, so easy pickings for Owen, right? One would think, yes. Yeah. Uh, Todd now says he's gotten a lot of questions and letters from fans lately asking who Rick Root is. What? <laughs> Everyone knew. See, it, unlike fucking Del Wilkes, everyone knew who Rick Rude was. <laughs> Hasn't been true. that long. Yeah. But he was an actual star <laughs> who, like, did things. You know what I mean? Yes. He's been gone for a while, but people, even I knew who he was. He's in WCW, too, yeah. for a few years, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we get a recap of Rude's WWF career. It's very weird seeing this in 19... 19- like, these are, like, 80s clips. Yeah, very 80s. You know, cut the music, the hips, the Rude Awakening... Cheryl Roberts, but without the Jake part, they just show her. Why are they showing all of this? I don't know. It's not like he's coming back to wrestle. Yeah. Uh, but at least we get to hear the music. And then we get a great super cut of all. Of- this was amazing. Yeah. I was like, this is a great video. It like is. Like when they did the super cut, because it was really funny. Yep. So here's some of the uh, Rick Rude insults. We have overweight Hershey-fed heifers. Yeah. You overweight Hershey-fed heifers. Southern swamp sows. <laughs> You southern swamp sows. Wall-eyed looking fish stinking Minnesota boys. <laughs> That's a good one. Are you wall-eyed looking fish stinking Minnesota boys? 
the famous high-rolling Atlantic City yep. Sweat Hogs. High-rolling Atlantic City Sweat Hogs. This, this one's just blunt. Nebraska nerds. It's <laughs> good. Nebraska nerds. And fat, ugly, nothing happening New Yorkers. Wow. Fat, ugly, nothing happening New Yorkers. But anyway, he's back now, but he wears a suit and he doesn't wrestle, in case mm-hmm. you care. Also on Friday, Sonny's going to be hanging out in the men's locker room. I won't make any jokes about that one. Uh, and then, s- gotta send it home like this, right? Someone <sighs> runs in wearing a Goldust Halloween mask. What in the fucking fuck is Like, enough! I've had enough of Todd. Like, good lord. Like, I, you know all this is setting up something like, this is a Todd bit. All of course. 100%. They're like, you have to put over these masks, Todd. And like, okay, I got an idea. Yeah, like, you, get over here. George yeah. or Adam or whatever. Yeah. Come over and put this mask Whoever on. Whoever that was. It yeah. could have even been done for all I it know. It wouldn't be the director. He's directing. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there. Do you really, need to, do you really need to sit there and direct this? Like I, I mean, like, can he get out the chair for like one second? Yeah, for you're this probably right. Part? Like, it looks better than his real face anyway. Yeah, the directing on this is, feels like directing in quotes. <laughs> like it's like there's not much directing. It's going just on. Todd doing shit. Todd right? Dunn's the most Dunn's doing is like okay, that you have to end at this part. Like that, <laughs> yeah. he's just like keeping time on the yeah, side. There's a commercial now. Yeah, uh, but anyway, then he Todd clotheslines fake gold us before we sign off. How is any of that real? I Todd doing offense in like 1990? What? Bad. Uh, but this was a real odd period. It's not for for WWF. I mean, it's not quite as hot as the spring with the Austin and Brett stuff. Yeah. It's not. But it's a transition from that Brett era to the Sean era. I mean, like we were just saying, Brett unfortunately is now like a mid card champion. And I'm not ta- I'm not blaming Shawn Michaels. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not so blaming Sean. He's a mid card champion, but in the eyes of the fans, but in the eyes of the writers, you can tell they think this Patriot shit is oh, hot. It's great. Like, yeah, great yeah. feud. Yeah. But Sean and Undertaker is really going to be the new hot angle, which is right. fine. It was great. Yeah. So it's a weird like transition because the Sean era would kind of start here. And obviously end at WrestleMania 14, and Brett right. is kind of sliding down the card a little, even though he's champion. But overall, not bad of a show. Was, Todd was horrendous, but not yeah. bad. Not bad. Again, this whole show, to me, it was just the, this is weird seeing Todd just acting his new generation self during, like, Attitude Era chaos. Yeah. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Yeah. And he says heck. He says heck. Yeah. Um, but what, overall, not bad, right, Quinn? It wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. I, I Usually these live wars are actually hard to call because they're like, they're just, just recap shows yeah. and there's way too much like weird shit going on. So you have to take so many notes. But this yeah. was fine. This was fine. And the yeah. Brett Vader stuff was fun. Yeah. Especially Brett, like that. Brett's promo. Tub of goo, fat. <laughs> Ass, I'm gonna kick whatever. your ass. I'm yeah. gonna kick your fat ass. Yeah. But folks, thank you guys so much for being with us here. As we have romped you through another week in the world of retro wrestling, I just want to remind you of a couple of things real quick. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And hey, leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. We would really, really appreciate that. If you could do that right now on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a review. And again, if you want all of the pay-per-view reviews, including Royal Rumble 1990 and WrestleMania 6 next month, go to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast five bucks that's all it is and uh, you'll get a nice selection of content but until next time to rob you through again i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya
Last night, it wasn't Saturday Night Fever. It was Friday Night Fever because the dudeness, the hippest cat in the WWF, had his mojo rising, had his stroll on, was feeling it, man. He was macking, he was staying alive, and the chicks were digging him, man, as he took on Rockabilly. Lord have mercy. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.